Hello and welcome to episode, honestly, I'm not sure. I'm thinking, oh, let me guess, 235? You're ahead of yourself. It's 231. 231. Ah, that was my first Ooh, game. I just did it. I did a Jason. That's a week's worth of, uh, of episodes. Dang. Yeah, you, yeah you, you put us way ahead. But anyway, yeah, it is episode 231. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. And I finally got my hands on a copy of Ring Fit Adventure. Congratulations. And your name is? <laughs> I, I'm Kevin. Um, did it actually arrive yet? Do you actually like have it? No, but I did get the confirmation that it's being shipped. Uh, I think it probably gets here today, but I won't be here. I'll be at work. <laughs> Watch tomorrow. Wow. They're like, okay, I've been discovered. Everyone is free to go anywhere. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, watch after all that. But yeah, it, uh, it, they're restocking it everywhere, so I'm glad you're able to get it before all the, the, the masses you know, yeah, attacked it like a to, zombie horde. I had to set push notifications for uh, Wario64. Oh, on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter. He's kind of the best. He's so good at spying these things. He absolutely like, I've gotten is. so many deals. Yeah, he's like the that. amiibo news of everything. Of literally it? all gaming and movies randomly. I like, remember so like when movies. that tweet was relevant or that Twitter account, and now it's like when amiibo were relevant. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to win some irrelevant amiibo, if you go around Nintendo's Twitter right now, we got them. You can win them. Up please enter. Is, please enter the contest. Fifteen of not them, hundred fifty dollar value. Not because uh, this podcast needs more exposure, mainly because these things are ruining my life. I need to get rid of them. <laughs> It's you know it's it's fitting that we're doing the contest right now because like this whole episode um we're, it's kind of like like this would be our E three episode this would be our E three like the one that follows up E three obviously there is an E three but in like this weird alternate timeline we're in we still have our we swag to give away in the form of these amiibo so we still have an amiibo con- uh, swag contest for E three actually this whole episode is still an E three show in a way because um we're gonna be talking about the games we played the news. You know, all that, but it just happens to line up really, really well with what E3 would be. Like, it is an E3 wannabe, which is why we're calling it that. Because maybe it's not the same scale, but we're going to be sharing impressions that cover way more games than usual. 51 of them, because we're talking about Clubhouse games. Actually, no, 52 of them, because we're also talking about Jump Rope Challenge, which is a shadow drop, just like what would have happened during E3. So then we've got the exact same mix of, like, news you normally get during E3. First party presentation, this time in the form of Pokemon Presents. Uh, third party showcase and news with the likes of EA Play Live. Uh, some newly announced indie games. We always, you know, highlight a few we've checked out, so we're going to talk about those. And in a true E3 tradition, um, something that costs 599 US dollars. This time it's the collection of all the LEGO Mario sets. So, yeah, we, it really does kind of feel like a E3 show almost. So the swag is very appropriate. And if anyone wants to know about where any of those topics are in the episode, we got timestamps. Randomtown.com. Yeah, so, so if you want to skip to Jason going in depth on all 51 of those games. It's coming up pretty quick. We start – I mean the one thing we're doing still is like – again, like E3, but also like our remote shows as we start. Are you really talking about all 51 of them? No, I'm not. No. It's a misnomer. This is Checkers. <laughs> it plays like so Checkers. So I don't know if you guys know of this game. This Connect 4. I don't know how to play chess. So I'm guessing it plays like chess. You know, to be honest, I don't really know how to play chess. I don't know if you knew you were mocking me, but – No, that's correct. why I said it that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's – My IQ um... ain't big enough. <laughs> but it's uh, – yeah, I think the only thing that really is missing from – what would normally be an E3 episode is the talk of like the like ostentatious or like downright bizarre stuff that happens like on the show floor. Like there's no Fortnite giving us frozen bananas. There's no, well, you know, there's no Ubisoft twerking tomato on a stage for just dance. There's no, uh, damn it. 
I'm trying to think of some other weird ones that we've seen. Do you guys remember? I mean, we've all been. There's been some weird stuff at E3, right? Like, it's kind of the charm of it is how weird it can get. Like, I know one year, little Wayne weird, performed but, I mean, in a half remember pipe. Cool stuff, but uh... well, yeah, there's cool and there's weird, and it's like the the intersection of cool and weird is what makes is what makes E3 so special. But um, yeah, I guess we could just jump into what we're playing. But um, yeah, because clubhouse games, you already sort of said yes. I'm gonna go through all 51 games. No, oh, uh, but no, it's it's not necessarily like a game where I need to list off all the impressions for every single one. Um, instead, I kind of want to talk about the package as a whole and how it feels as like a self-contained release. And the long and short of it, it's good. Feels good. So okay, next game, we're done. No, but uh, seriously, it, it 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 is really fun. It's a really well done collection. The games kind of fall into like these four main categories. You have card games, tabletop kind of board games, uh, toy games, which are a little more like um, actiony, and then motion games, which kind of feel like uh, you know stuff from the Wii days. And it's really good variety. It's really easy to jump between them. So you actually can, you know, if you want to do something like Texas Hold'em one minute and then jump into something more you know like uh toy boxing or like curling where it's just a little physics-based game you can do that and they can immediately go play bowling or whatever it's all very it's all kind of like a very nice uh, variety more so i think than other the other clubhouse games which is a little more focused on just card and more traditional stuff um it's not really advertised as such but one thing i think is kind of cool is if you look at clubhouse games as a whole it's kind of like a mini nintendo history lesson because you have like the uh early stuff they did with playing cards and uh you know, like uh, both American style playing cards and uh, Hanafuda cards. Then you have it kind of evolve into the toys they used to make. Like they used to make stuff like the toy boxing and the toy soccer. And then it kind of evolves into what you see now more recently with like the Wii motion games. And there are occasional winks and nods to that sort of stuff. Like Nintendo points out when you're in the uh, Hanafuda mode, hey, this card says Nintendo on it. Did you know we used to make those? And you can like unlock like Nintendo themed playing cards and stuff. But it's kind of neat that like, in a way, in like a low-key way, this is kind of a history lesson of Nintendo's corporate history as they grew into what they are now. Um, but yeah, so there's kind of like two ways of approaching Clubhouse games. I guess there's the games themselves, and then there's the presentation. And I'm not going to go through all 51 games, but I do want to point out that the the uh, games themselves are really well done. I mean, they they all stand out against one another. They, all, you know, they could have taken the cheap route, right? They could have just said, all right, all the card games, here's a felt table, we're going to call it a day, cool. Okay, all the tabletop games, we're just going to plop them down on a fake table, done. But they actually, like, each one has unique characteristics. Each card game has a different table with different graphics and different music and different sound cues. There's a game called Pig where literally it oinks every time you do something. Like, there's all these little things. You know, War has kind of, like, war stuff. Um, Sold. Yeah. No, but then, like, the... uh, (laughs) But the... um, the tabletop games like they're in different environments the like when you do stuff like darts it's actually like they have different perspectives and it does look like you're in a room with a dartboard like it's not just like a dartboard like they did put effort in and and you see it like in little things and how you know i already mentioned the sound cues but how like um you put the switch tabletop mode laying flat you put the switch in kickstand mode you put on tv the perspectives will reflect how you're playing to properly have the right angle and things like that so like all these little touches they did and, you know, there's even little nods. I actually forgot this when talking about Nintendo's history. There's little nods to more recent stuff. Like, I don't know if you remember when the Wii U, Wii U was revealed, but they um, they showed Reversi, and they did a thing where they, like, shake the gamepad and the pieces fall. Game Explained noticed that that even made it into this. So, like, they have all these little itty-bitty little it's things. all the that... games that have a board. Not yeah, just yeah, but, like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but yes, they did all these little things that really just show that they like went above and beyond. So the, on the game front, minus a few nitpicks, maybe like 
for some reason, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, doesn't have, Blackjack doesn't have splits. I don't know why they left that out. So if you ignore like little things like that, it's actually, the games are really well done. It's really fun. Um, and that's kind of just the games. But what the big thing about Clubhouse games is, is how they present it and kind of framing around the games. And I would say while the games are very close to 100%, like the framing's kind of like 90% of the way there. Um, what they really tried to do, which I actually really appreciate, is, you know, most of these games are meant to be played with real people in real life. Like, they're social, right? So, you know, you go to someone's house and they show you how to play, or you watch them play and you learn how they play, and then you jump in. You can ask questions along the way. And they tried their best to sort of simulate that. So whether you're playing single-player or multiplayer, um, they have these vignettes that start each game, which you can skip. But it's basically this recurring cast of characters. It's like two adults and two kids and they kind of do what you would expect if we animated they are little figurines with voice acting so they're 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 showing the game as it plays they have these little figurines that kind of stand aside everything in game like you pick a figurine for yourself you're trying to be sort like they're trying to really play up the like traditional game aspect um but they have these like vignettes where they're showing how the game works but they're not just like the you know the guy's just not like okay then you put this card here like they're doing it in the same way that you know like when we have a game night with your sister and brother-in-law and you're like well, how we do that sort of you know we teach them on the game by just showing them how to go and there's like jokes and weird inside references and things like that and they try and recreate that sometimes it's super cringy sometimes it works but the idea that they're trying to make it not just this super dry this is how the game works is kind of nice and if you do still need that which more often than not you do because sometimes these vignettes aren't super fully flushed out um then there is a screen right before you start where you actually can go through the rules and go through hints and again they tried to give that some personality so the rules are pretty straightforward but when you get to like hints if it's a simple game they're just throwing random things that are more jokes than real hints and stuff like that um but the problem is with these vignettes and everything is it's nice and it kind of gives a sense of you're like in a social setting but you can't do the second half which is i saying you know you go play a game at someone's house and if you have questions as you play you can just ask. There isn't really an equivalent to like just ask. There's no way something that was really kind of weird that they left out. Is there's no way to check the rules while you play. So, for example, uh, we were playing President, and that is actually a pretty fun card game. It's not very complicated, but there's some things that they didn't fully explain up front, such as if you put down whatever cards you need to put down. If you put down two, the next person also have to has to do two. If you do three, they also have to do three. And the game does not you know the game stops you from automatically putting down like the wrong things like it won't let those be options but it doesn't explain why the thing that you're doing this time you can only do pick one last time you could pick three you kind of have to learn as you go and then there's little things like there's something called an eight clear and a three reversal and once you know them they make sense but if you read all the rules at once and jump in you might forget what those are and there's not really like a cheat sheet to go get a reminder of what it is and that just seemed like a weird oversight to me because, like, Hanafuda does have a cheat sheet you can bring down that shows you what the different sets of cards you can collect are because that's a game that has all this crazy stuff about, like, you, you're doing seasons and you're doing crops and you have to get certain cards that do certain things. And they'd give you a sheet of, okay, these these card sets are, like, the April crop and that sort of thing or, like, the April whatever blossom or whatever it's called. Um, but the fact that they only did that in that one mode or a couple modes and didn't think to make that universal just sort of stuck out as a kind of odd choice. Um and likewise, another weird choice is so they go through so much effort to help you feel like you're in a social setting, like I was saying, right? So they have the vignettes, and then they also have, if you do single player, um, 
they don't just throw you into games. You can actually go and play these game guides, which are different characters that also have some personality, again, to make it more social feeling. Uh, and they'll have sets of games that are kind of thematically relevant to one another. And that's a pretty cool way to get introduced to the games. Um, but the problem is they do that in single player, but then if you go in multiplayer, they kind of just drop that. So like if you're playing with one person online, um, there's no way to bring in two other strangers online. Like that's something that like Splatoon and Smash has been able to do is, you know, you and a friend team up with others. That's not really there. So you're just suddenly playing against mysterious nameless computers when the game's trying so hard to kind of give you a sense that you're playing with other people or like a lot of the games it's probably the biggest nitpick a lot of the games um don't support four players very arbitrarily like some do so president which i mentioned does uh ludo which is basically sorry does uh weirdly about ludo laggiest game in the set so far and all it does is move pieces and roll a dice like i don't know why but all the games are buttery, buttery smooth online except that one so far but anyway like those do, do you mean, uh, laggy? those do, is it like a frame rate like thing, the, or is it like, like you press the button the, and then like a couple seconds later it frame rate frame rate like the dice uh, animation just lags it's really strange uh, considering it doesn't require much uh you know actual effort to roll a dice but like those work on it with four people mahjong sevens blackjack texas hold'em but then weirdly, like, why doesn't bowling work with four people? Why doesn't darts work with four people? Why, like, what, what determined that of the 40-ish games they can play online out of the 51? Because obviously you can't do solitaire or any variations online. But out of the, let's say, 40-ish, why are only eight of them four-player when there's zero rhyme or reason? Like, I understand, you know, four in a row, Connect Four isn't going to be four-player. It's a two-person thing. Something like uh, they have one called... Um, I think it's called Hit and Blow. It's basically if you ever played an old game called Mastermind, which is kind of like Battleship, but you're just working like there's a box and in it are four pegs of different colors. And as you kick guesses, it tells you, you know, you got this many correct colors or this many correct um, placements, but you don't know which is which. And you have to kind of work it, like whittle it down through logic to before the end. Um, like that one, I get why that wouldn't necessarily be four people because then you each only get like one guess. But some I just don't know why they felt the need to limit, and I don't necessarily know if they know why they felt the need to limit. Like I'm not sure why that is, but for a game that's so gung-ho about we want to create a social experience or at least fake one if you don't have one, it's odd that they then left out for a player for so many things. But real realistically, like generally speaking, these are pretty small nitpicks. Like if you have a person or a group of people to play with online, um, you know, those eight are really fun. The others would be great, but if you're just doing a two, like one with one other person, it's all great. Like no complaints really. Like I've been uh, playing online a lot; it's been fun. But yeah, it just seems like these weird quality of life things that they spent so much time perfecting so many things about each individual game, and then they kind of just left out these overarching like ideas a little, and it just feels kind of weird. But if you if you do like any of the games in it, or even if you don't think you will, but you have someone that like you know in the quarantine times you could play with online, it's totally worth it. It's really fun. It's a really good value. And like the games are really well presented. There's all sorts of little details and whatnot. So I mean, that in a nutshell seems is like a hard. Wait, how much is it? It's forty. So you're paying like a buck a game, Ugh. less than a buck a game. A little less than a dollar a game. Yeah, it's like I would 70 still say that's kind of a hard sell, just because. Well, I mean, it it just depends on how much you like these kind of games. I mean, could you honestly tell me you would buy this game if Nintendo hadn't published hadn't hadn't published it? It depends. If so it was on Switch, so it's already no, no, from it, a guaranteed yes to a maybe. No, it depends. It depends on um, would I buy it in the same circumstances where now quarantine and everything, or do you mean in general? Because I did not buy the DS one, and what motivated me to this one, yeah, it was an Nintendo published game that's like on my radar, but it was like 
basically 70 cents a game and you have all these options and there's such breadth in the variety like i was saying up top because you can play some card games or you can do something like connect four which obviously is very simple or they have a bunch of games i've never even heard of like hounds in the hair and like all this other stuff which actually i mean the, the only reason I'm thinking is or you can do like bowling or you can do like darts or you can do tenant table like toy tennis and things like that which those games are actually kind of different from what you expect from like Wii tennis or whatever because they're on tracks so like the tennis and soccer ones you only can make select movements so it's like rapid fire sort of like strategy chess kind of so would i have if this was like two years ago and we were just you know life was exactly how it was i don't know but in the current situation it's kind of the perfect thing to play when you want to like play online with someone who you can't necessarily see all the time oh that's the thing i was gonna say i mean if you want to play online with someone, don't they also have to buy the full game? I yeah. Can, I feel like yeah. it makes it harder to sell in this time period right now than it is before. Because I feel like this is the kind of game that I would honestly just assume that if one person buys a copy, everyone else that you play with could just like... I thought like that's how it works. In like, person. Oh, everyone in person. Correct. I know. That's like, like, I, I thought that should kind of... Well, doesn't every game work like that in person? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, what I mean is so in person, what they can do is uh, there was, you like, can have multiple switches. Mode. Yeah, so you can download something called the Guest Pass, and how that works is you have this demo of four games that you can play on your Switch. Or if you go play with someone locally, you can, yes, just like in real life, use one system to play – or one copy to play with everyone. But what's nice about that is if you all have your own Switches, it's as if you all have your own secret hand of cards. Like you're not sharing a screen. You don't have to worry about seeing anything. You all can you know, play as if you're playing real cards. But at that point, it's kind of like, well, do you need this over the real cards? I mean, maybe for bowling and dart, sure. But what I'm saying is the fact that I it mean, does have the benefit of being online at a time when we can't all connect yeah, but almost I, makes it more worthwhile because you get to simulate if you're willing to put down the, you know, especially since it's limited to two players. So if you're going to put down 80 bucks total between you and someone else, uh. so we're talking <laughs> says 70 cents a game, it's a buck, fi- it's a buck 50 a game. See, because like, honestly, like, based on what you've already told, I mean, it- I don't doubt that it's like polished just that because Nintendo does an awesome job of doing that. Yeah. But this like literally sounds like the kind of game where I'd be like, hey, Nigel, want to play this game with me? It's like, oh, cool. Um, like, oh, you're going to have to buy it too. It's also 40 bucks. I was like, oh, oh, nah, I don't know. Well, it just depends on your interest, I guess. So that, I mean, and honestly, like the, the only is... game that appeals to me or that seems like I would want to play is the tank one. So. Which, funny enough, I actually haven't tried yet. That's one of the few I have yet to try. <laughs> I've tried most, so just because but it's, I, it's a lot. I love the heck out of the Wii Play tank game. So. Like, but no, I mean, I, mean the, I think the, the other games. Um, I mean, I did play them a lot in like around college, mainly chess. But mm-hmm. like, I don't really particularly find chess is hot right now. <laughs> yeah, chess is having a moment. Like Twitch is eating it up. And it's like, yeah, like we have a, I have a chess app that I could play with my friends for free, and we could take our turns whenever we want. And I'm sure there's other equivalents for Connect Four, but most of those games I would only really want to play them in person. But just because I mean, th- I mean. Especially in these times, there's just so many options right now. It just kind of feels like... I guess cut. it's just a different speed of game. It, like... Yeah. It, it depends. I mean, yeah, you have to have an interest it's in It's like 51 games, yeah, that's a lot. But I feel like they kind of have to include that many just to make it more enticing because they just know a, that... Yeah, just to kind oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. the $40 price. And even yeah, then, I, I feel I like think... it's still, like, barely, if anything, not... At least for me. I don't know. I think, I think it depends on how you look at it. Because, like, yeah, you're right. They could have easily put out like oh it's 20 card games for 30 dollars and people are like that's a ripoff but like honestly if, even, if even like it's... the guest pass was like five bucks or something i feel like that would be like all right i would actually be down to do that if i'm gonna play this game often with a friend or something right like so it's more it's more perceived value versus what you yeah no that makes sense um yeah and it's one of those things that like i and i think the the what i have found is 
for me, it's the right game at the right time. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right game for everyone. It's still at the end of the day. Like I didn't care about Clubhouse games on DS, but this one, like it just kind of clicked at the right time. So like for me, I'm looking at more as, okay, so I was interested in what this offers. Does it do it well? And what pitfalls does it have? Which are, yes, it does it very well if you look at individual games and it does this really great thing of trying to make it as social as possible. So when you play online, when you play against the computer, when you play against strangers, you're not just doing a, it's not set up to be a one and done. It, it, it tracks your performance across games. It shows you who won each. It's all about kind of making like a competitive series where you're doing almost like an Olympics of these classic games. But if you don't care about the classic games, this isn't going to, it's not like Nintendo presented them in such a way that you are suddenly going to convert into a fan of them. Like if you prefer, you know, chess in person five years ago, you're not suddenly going to be like, oh, chess online right now is great. But if you're kind of like, well, you know, maybe I did want to learn. Mahjong, or maybe Sevens is something I want to play. Yeah, I guess what I'm looking whatever. for. Then it kind of lines up. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this just isn't what I'm looking for. I mean, it it just has aspects of it. Like, I would definitely love if Nintendo would make like a, you know, almost like a whole game based around like those toy games, like the Tank One and other more. Yeah. I guess like a Wii Play you could play online, but that isn't just like those random. They are in like there though. Different. But but that's the thing. If you think about what Wii Play had, what this had, this has tanks. It's a little different, but it has tanks. It has. No, I, the I, I, I mean, it has a. Uh, it has the 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 target thing. You know the target shooter, but which is that, literally for... straight out. We play. Yeah, it but has... just getting it for that is like, yeah, at that point. It, no, know, but I mean, I'm, well, I guess what I'm getting at is, you think about we play. It was what fifty bucks, but came with a controller. So take out Ooh, thirty dollars. Yeah. So it was twenty dollars. Let's say it was twenty dollars, right? We play if you ignore the controller, and that gave you, I think, twelve games. The majority, not the majority, but like I'd say, like four or five of them made into this, plus all the toy games. So if you combine those, you're getting about the same number of games. And you could say, sure, those are twenty bucks, and then you get for twenty do- more more dollars, thirty Maybe some odd other more traditional <laughs> games, games. Games that I'm probably going to touch once and never play. Yeah, well, that, and that's kind of deciding factors. Yeah. Like to your point, Angel, I think if they were to release just that, they'd have to justify it some other way. So you just don't like the bundle this time versus last time, like the value proposition. Essentially, I think I'll you'd be more into it for the... a controller. Ooh, a la carte would have been cool. Think, a la carte would have been cool. Would have been, been great. Yeah, because honestly, like I'd be down to just like, I mean. Even though I do have like a free chess app, I'd probably still just get chess and like the tank yeah, game for, and maybe just like for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, actually, all cart would have been really cool. But it like, kind of goes back to I wonder if it's the same logic as well. You know, we were talking last episode about how um, Namco for their Namco Museum collection on Switch in Japan, where it's Namco collection, it's all a cart. And you could buy like Pac Man D make and all that on the fly individually. But in America, they're like, nah, you got to buy a bundle of 12. We're going to make two separate bundles. Like, I wonder what it is about the American market where all a cart just is not capitalism Can, brother probably <laughs> probably but yeah like i so i i get what you guys are saying completely and and i think if someone was interested in this like let's say they do like the majority of games it is good what it does i, I just want to say that like there are some weird little things like the multiplayer is kind of odd i mean most of the concerns if you're into the core premise most of those concerns are quality of life adjustments that can just be patched in later then again, it was ND Cube who developed this. They also did Super Mario Party, and we haven't seen DLC there, so I don't know if they ever will patch anything into this one. They seem to be kind of like a they, we finish, we're moving on to the next thing type of company, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I think if you're into the concept, this does it quite well. It's like ninety percent of the way there. Uh, if you're not into the concept, it's not going to suddenly convert you into a fan of Ludo, for example. And, and I mean, <laughs> so. if- and if also, I mean, most of you probably already have this game. If if you say how high when Nintendo says jump, then yeah, yeah, quite literally, mm-hmm. quite literally, yeah. That brings us to the next game. I've have you have either of you downloaded it? Jump rope, tra- jump rope challenge. I did. 
like left, I had a chance to to play it. What do you think of it? Of, of this shadow drop that would be perfect for an E3 if it was E3, but now it's not E3. Not, I mean, not taking it as what it is, I mean, it's a free game that was developed, like, essentially in, like, at a home, just for fun. I, I mean, I, I think it's it's fine. It, it's great. I mean, it has a, a simplistic, charming art style, like, reminiscent of, like, Rhythm Heaven and WarriorWare. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you just jump. I mean, if you want to be held accountable for actually jumping, you can do that. I mean, you do it every day. It's like a baby version of Wii Fit Adventure, I guess. It's just like mm-hmm. one, just another way to keep you active, I guess. If you don't, if you just want to do jumping, and yeah, and you can simulate the jumping with the Joy-Con too. Like they're not. I mean, even in the like product description, they're straight up like, if you have downstairs neighbors, just like bend your knees or swing your arms or flail. So you know, it's uh, it, it isn't a required jumping, I guess. Yeah, I remember initially thinking. I mean, it's just like. As soon as I heard about this, I was thinking, like, oh, man, are you actually going to have to, like, sync your swings with the jumping to simulate? You know, like, pretty much is there a way to, like, fail and, like, hit the rope, so to speak. But, you know, that was definitely, that probably would have taken way more development time than yeah. they were willing to put in. But it's cool that, like, I mean, the whole thing, to your point about it, it's a very, like, kind of like WarioWare or Rhythm Heaven, like, straight up. I mean, the stack, you got, like, the cartoony animal. You got, like, the weird backdrops that don't make sense. Like, one day it's a cat. The next day it's the beach. The next day it's I don't even know what. Like, I'm guessing those are pictures. They yeah, or just like stock images they found online, like Getty images or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it it's a neat. Le- it's just cool conceptually. I think that they did something like this. And to your point about like Ring Fit, you can sort of track your progress if you want. Like there are daily goals you can set from 100 jumps to 900 jumps. There's a little chart that shows you what you did each day. You can go in and like look at your toll for that day. But that's literally it. It's pretty bare bones, and it's kind of weird that they're actually claiming they're going to charge for this starting in september but right now it's free. excuse me um, what? Wait, what yeah they said it's free through end of september it literally feels like a free i i suspect i mean unless it costs gonna, like a dollar or that's, less. it's either gonna be a dollar or less or they're gonna pull it i don't know but they're saying get it now while it's free through the end of september so what i'm really hoping mm. though is it's free through the end of september because they're going to be releasing a few others and they're going to be bundling them up in some way and releasing them as a compilation for maybe four or five bucks total because like they kind of they didn't quite do this with the DSI, but they used to have a series on DSIware called Art Style Games, and they were a little more elaborate than this, but they were still these kind of simple puzzle games, and they release them like once every two months or something for like a year. And I always thought it'd be really smart of them to take all those and do a retail release of like the Art Style collection. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they'd be able to charging for this individual game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had three or four that they released through maybe the rest of the coronavirus range here. And then they release them at the end as like the home projects or like the garage games or whatever, and they just make you a little bundle down the line. Kind of the opposite of whatever what, you know what we were saying they should do with Clubhouse, so they should make it all a cart, all a cart. Maybe in this case they do what was all a cart, and they bundle it together and just make it super cheap. But I think that would be the way if they wanted to sell it, how they sell it. Hmm. I ain't digging it. But I mean, you're not. No, you want just to remain free forever. I mean, they're they're allowed to do what. Whatever they want with it, obviously. But I, I think mm. it's very weird, considering how sort of bare bones this game is. Well, and that's why I think they'd have to do others if they were to try and sell. Because basically, I saw the end of September. Thing, I'm like, well, how does that work? What does that mean? So this is kind of like hell. Because honestly, if they did like, if they had this is kind of like an aesthetic, and they did a whole bunch of games that did different things. Like maybe they had a simple puzzle game. Maybe they had a simple like I don't know what else. Or they did different types of like things you can track progress daily. Like it could be a cool little collection. 
um, make the bunny kind of this, you know, make different animal stars and different things. Like obviously the bunny is in jump rope challenge because he hops. So maybe there's something else that another animal is applicable to and you kind of just cast the characters. Like they cast some fun with it. I mean people jumped apparently 200 million jumps in the first three days. So obviously has no indication of how many people download it really. But like you know, it's it, it, enough people are using it that I think Nintendo, if they want to, could morph it into something. I, I always hate when video game companies uh, send out press releases like that. Like wh- whenever, whenever there's a <laughs> yeah. new Call of Duty, there's been 30 million bullets shot within the the first 24 hours <laughs> yeah. of the game. What? Just what? Oh. Well, I'm I'm the date. I'm the I'm the nerd that loves numbers. Like you know, Jason Sales Corner, and also like I that stuff. Like the ones I find kind of ridiculous. Are like you know, that's equal to six trips around the Earth. And I'm like, no one measures like that. Like saying some random thing like 30 million bullets is kind of like, oh, that's kind of a funny, weird little stat. But like. When they try and transfer it into something that's like actually relevant, like oh, that's like how much NASA spent when they went to the moon. It's like what? <laughs> What's that to do with anything? So, uh, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I w- I w- and yeah, and that's no indication of success either, because you know one guy could jump nine hundred times every time, mm-hmm. and that racks it up a lot quicker. So, yeah. obviously, this is not the same thing because it's like a practical application of that kind of stat. But I did like it when um, I think it was a we fit. Whenever you're like running in place and doing like the jogging and stuff, and then I'll tell you like, oh, you, you just like finished the equivalent of running from your house to like San Francisco. Like, See, that so, makes sense though, because that's like a one to one. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like a. But yeah, like practical application. In terms of if 200 yeah. jumps means success, I just calculated. Um, if someone did the 900 jumps every day, we're talking 2,222 downloads. <laughs> So, <laughs> so right. it might not be very much. <laughs> now they recommend a hundred a day. So multi, you know, multiply that back by nine, and that's probably more realistic. To, uh, I mean, some people are doing three, I'm sure, but like realistically, we're talking maybe twenty to forty thousand downloads, maybe fifty. I mean, for what it is, as a free standalone game, it's. I mean, it's great. It is what it is. I do wonder though. I did go ahead and count, like how many squares there are after, like you know, like yeah. how many, because every day is another square. Yeah. And there are, like, just over 200, like, around, like, 205, 204. So I'm wondering if, like, when you get to that 204, does it just keep, like... No, you know, Angel, Angel. on forever, or is it just, like, straight up, like, you only have 204 days of tracking? Put, put your tinfoil hat on for a second, Angel. This is the company that uh, had huge success when Animal Crossing was released because coronavirus pandemic. Like, why even so, have that oddly specific number that's of things available? Saying. Why not just, like, have it limit to... Like five, and then just have it increased by nah, one. Nah, see, that's day. what I'm saying. It's not like a, it's not like a select one and just like arbitrarily skip a bunch. Angel, you got you yeah. got galaxy brain this. If the company that only had Animal Crossing blow up so strongly, blew up because of it, coronavirus, is telling you you only need to worry about this at home game for 200 days, they will be the same way they put coronavirus out in the world, taking it back. So in 200 days, quarantine's over. That's what Nintendo's saying, clearly. Clearly, how many is that in? <laughs> is that like seven months? Like about? Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, I have no idea what it really is. But if you want to be part of that conspiracy theory, by all means. I mean, ethically questionable, but you know, by all means. Uh, no, I think realistically, they probably just picked an arbitrary number. Why they picked two hundred? Who knows? Um, I don't even know. I can't imagine someone actually playing this for all two hundred days. I stopped after four to be, or three, to be honest, <laughs> or I missed well, one. I guess at this point, would this, would this have been the next year? Did you already miss a day? Well, we're recording this in the morning, so I haven't missed anything yet. But today would be probably well, well, day two. But, yeah, but you made it sound like I only played it for four oh, days. Yeah, today would like, be... Like, oh, yeah, after four, I was done already. Today, well, I kind of was. Today would be day two of missing it, I guess. Three? Something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. 
But I mean, I, I like conceptually. That's cool. Like, I, I just hope it turns into something. Like art style was a cool thing. Like even if they do these all cart for free, just like I want more of these. I like that Nintendo's giving attention to like the little side projects because they're usually so you know, this is what we're presenting to you. But now they're like admitting that um, you know that there's opportunity here for their developers to kind of shine in different ways. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that's that's Jump Rope Challenge. That was our shadow, our non E three shadow drop. Um, that's what we've been playing. But you know, every... the the rhythm have been mega mix of twenty exactly for way that's less with way less <laughs> content. Not... Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the the thing is, like every E three or not three, as this may be, needs a Nintendo presentation too. And while maybe we didn't quite get it in the traditional sense, uh, the subsidiary of Nintendo, the Pokemon Company, did give us their take. On a version of a Nintendo presentation, uh, I think it's the first time they've used this or name. One actually, of two. one of two. Yes, uh, Pokemon presents. So there's another one coming this Wednesday, June 24th. Um, likely, specifically for Pokemon Tournament. Two. I'm sure that's what. Is that what you think it's going to be, Pokemon Tournament Two? No, this is what I hope it is. Like, if we can go into a quick little Pokemon Tournament. Yes, event. we can. Like you, I mean, you played it enough to remember the core mechanic, right? The shifting 2D to 3D. Yeah. So that I love, like that was super unique to that game and any fighting game in general, just to go from like an arena fighter to 2D. Like I thought that was like really, really awesome. The Pokemon selection I thought was also like incredibly awesome. I mean, just the fact that it included Weavile, mm-hmm. a Pokemon I don't really shout out as much as Chatop, but I love <laughs> the heck out of Weavile. Weavile's like also like in my top like Pokemon. I mean, right there next to Chatop. It's just, you know, different types. You have yeah. different Pokemon for different blah, blah, blah. So I love that that was in there, but... What kept me from what kept that game from becoming another Smash Brothers is just that at the end of the day, all the characters played I felt a little too much the same way. Like it didn't really matter. It felt like only the only difference was their animations. It didn't really feel like the characters really had much variety. Like they re- it really felt like there were three types of characters: the ones that get up all in your face and attack you, the ones that just like go make you go through projectile hell. And I guess the ones that get up on your face and just grab you. And it, yeah, so it just felt like there were just like basically three characters you pick from. And the rock, paper, scissor mechanic was way too heavy on this one. Like you're either attacking. So either people are just like holding down counter, which will beat out normal attacks. Mm-hmm. And you'll get destroyed, which means that you have to start grabbing more. But then they also have the attack that beats grab. So while that is true of... A bunch of other fighting games like Smash Brothers. That is a mechanic that's there. Like grabs beat shields, shields beat attacks, and yeah, that that exists. But the difference is that in Smash Brothers, you can kind of use it to your advantage. You're not as soon as they throw out like an attack, you know there's more freedom. You you're not fully committed to every one strategy almost immediately. You could almost sometimes throw some out mm-hmm. just to bait something out and then actually punish them for it. And this one, it feels like once you get an attack going, you're committed to it for, like, the next five huh. seconds. Where in Smash Brothers, it's like you could throw out, like, one quick, like, two-second attack or one-second attack. And so then you have to, you have have to plan it ahead more. Like, you can't just Yeah, this one is like... Yeah. Yeah, it, it, Smash Brothers is, like, more mind games than planning ahead. And this one, it really, it literally does feel like every time I encounter my opponent, I'm rolling a die and seeing if I win out that exchange. Right. It, like, it doesn't really feel like I'm getting rewarded for, like, my strategy. It just feels more luck based interesting yeah yeah. but it felt like there was a lot of potential there because I mean I love the concept and I love everything else about it I just want 
So you're... It just wasn't quite there yet. Right. It was like so close to being perfect. So your dream for the second presentation, which by the time some people listen to this, we already know is ne- probably not the correct dream, just like my dream will be the incorrect dream, is Pokemon Pokemon Tournament 2, right? Yeah. And I mean, it got ported to the Switch, the first one. So obviously the interest is still, hopefully still there. I don't know how it's sold. Maybe the game did terribly and that's not even in the cards. But I think it did decently enough. And they tried to make an esports scene out of it for a minute there. So there might be some hope. I mean, for me, yeah, normally but... I would say the spinoff I want is Pokemon Snap. But we, uh, as we'll talk about in a minute here, we, we got it. So now I need to think of a different spinoff I really like. And the one I keep circling back to, which obviously this also won't be in the presentation, but the one I keep circling back to is Pokemon Pinball. Like, how great was Pokemon Pinball? I love Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon Pinball was so good. Right? Did you get the uh, Game Boy Advance one or just have the Game Boy Color one? Uh, it was the Game Boy Color one. Same. Yeah, I, I did not get the Ruby Sapphire update. But, yeah, like, could you imagine now on Switch? Like, you know, you have the screen uh, maybe vertical with a flip grip and, like, the HD rumbles doing all the different pinball feel. And Oh, that would be so, be so dope. Good. Right? Wouldn't that be is awesome? Is there a pinball game like on the Switch that, that you can get? play Pokemon Pinball. Isn't there Is, there, is there a pinball game? The Zen pinball. There are multiple pinball games. Yeah, uh, Zen Studios has one. There's a Pinball FX3 collection. There's Star Wars pinball, but nothing from Nintendo now. Uh, well, I know Zen pinball is is usually recognized as one of the better. better yeah, the Star Wars one's pretty good. We tried it at E3 last year. We got to try it out with a flip grip, and it, yeah, it's was, it was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I never really cared about pinball until Pokemon Pinball, and then it was all about it. So yeah, if they if they did that, I mean, realistically, they're not going to. But if they did, I'm that insatiable fan that's like, oh, I got my Pokemon Snap. Here's my new demand. So we'll we'll see, but I think for that presentation, realistically, there's two ways it can go, and then we can talk about what they already revealed. But I think realistically, it's either going to be they're claiming it's a big project. That's like all they're saying. Um, and I think as much as the spinoffs would be cool, like Pokemon Sleep could be one of them, since Pokemon Company. Oh, I hope that's not the big. Project. I know, but they did a year ago spend a whole lot of time talking about it and that ridiculously named Pokemon Go Plus Plus but only to then Pokemon have it Steve disappear. has already been revealed though. So yeah, but they could explain how it works. Um, so realistically, maybe it's not that. You're right. Maybe it's uh, – the, the one thing that everyone seems to be latching onto online is Pokemon Let's Go 2 based on Gold and Silver set in Johto. Uh, I know because around the CEO of Pokemon Company, um, they had – Makes All sense. those plushes. They had too many Gen 2 plushes. Even worse, uh, even worse to make you really hate everything. Um, in the bottom right corner behind him, there's not just plushes from Gen 2. There's an Espeon and an Umbreon on top of a box for the original Switch bundle for Let's Go. So they were literally placed as if they're the new cover stars. Hmm. So that's probably uh, what I mean, it's going to be. I mean, we'll know in due time. But. Let's Go is not a bad game or whatever it's called. <laughs> Yeah, it's but, just not what you want. <laughs> you know what it's called. Yeah, you it's, just said the name. Let's go. You know that game specifically well, called Pokemon Let's Go, sure. Pikachu it, it, and Eevee. <laughs> it could have just been called Go. Is that just what the phone one is called? Yeah. But, I love how you're feigning that you don't, don't know to be like, oh, I don't care about these. I don't even know what they're called. You know what they're called. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm being sure. I, I, I just wasn't 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I was like 98 sure. or something. Yeah. But, yeah, but I don't care enough to know, I guess. Right. But, I mean, they're, they're not for me. I mean, I know they're, they're games out there for someone, but... I just really want a Pokemon game to get into, and unfortunately, I feel like the train for me has just passed on this current gen. Like I knew, I said I know I said I was gonna jump into it when the third version came out, but normally we don't get that till a year later. And mm-hmm. because we're already getting Isle of Armor, which already came out, yep. also no Chata. It's a tropical <laughs> island, but no Chata. Well, that? that's why you're not getting um, it. Okay, that answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, well, because it came out at the time that it did. I mean, we have like a Smash Brothers character coming out next week. 
I mean, Last of Us 2 just dropped. Right. And I also just started playing, like, I'm getting really into Final Fantasy fourteen. It's yeah, like, listen right. to it. Listen it's to like, the Quarantine Chronicles, people. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> it's, it's like, where am I going to fit Pokemon in? Like, it just, it's just not realistic. That's why I'm really hoping for, like, a Pokemon or some kind of spinoff. And maybe I'll get around. I mean, the inevitable Diamond and Pearl remake, whenever that comes, hopefully, like, next year. Like in October, since I guess all of armor is coming out later this year. You mean uh, crown so, the crown one? Crown, yeah, the crown, yeah, crown yeah, tundra. Yeah. yeah, the well, well, you bring up a good point. Is that like maybe the spinoffs are more interest? And I mean, well, what was me? I have too many games to play. I know it yeah. sucks. First world problem, but no, um, you do bring up a good point though. That maybe like for I guess that's, some Pokemon, that's definitely a multi-console person problem. If you had just Nintendo, I guess I definitely wouldn't have that. Well, issue. I think but I know, but I think you bring up that variety. I think you bring up a broader point, which is that if you look at what Pokemon is today, it is moving beyond what it once was. Like you know, I we weren't going to talk that. about it. By <laughs> ta- I don't just, you I'm not just help. What? No, I do love that. I'm not just held to the main series. Yeah, so like other. Yeah, like you could be. I mean, are we all? Games that could be hyped about. Are we all brushing our teeth with Pokemon Smile now? Right, with that little marshmallow Pikachu like cheering you on. Like, is anyone yeah. doing that? Yeah, but no, seriously. Like, if you look at like, you know, people made fun of Pokemon Smile, for example, but it actually like, if you look at what Pokemon's doing, it really, it really clever this whole thing. Like, I'd say the biggest takeaway from the Pokemon Presents more than are we getting the thing we individually want more than do I get my snap and you get your core game that you know you now apparently don't want you know all that beyond that um what no to get my fix of yeah exactly but like if you look at like pokemon as a brand like it's really interesting what it evolved into oh god what i just say (sighs) a very appropriate yeah i didn't mean that it wasn't intended anyway it is interesting what it like turned into there we go um like there seem to be like these three prongs of pokemon now because there's the core games like sword and shield there's the spin-offs like pokemon snap and pokemon cafe mix which we're about to talk about and then there's these sort of lifestyle apps of the brand kind of like in this case pokemon smile and it's like this small and silly thing to notice but you can literally see over the course of this 11 minute presentation how they are defining these three prongs and even in the logo design like core games you get the pokemon logo <laughs> combined with some other free floating thing like the gray into sword and shield the text of let's go how... uh what were you gonna say no i say it is crazy how pokemon does feel like it's own ecosystem like you could literally be just a fan of pokemon yeah. and there'll be a bunch of different types of games you could play i mean yeah, you have your fighters. I mean, I guess technically have a racer with Pokemon Dash. Uh, don't count Dash. Dash is awful. <laughs> really? It's, I don't know. I, hey, I, man, don't you, rub the, screen. you just rub the screen? If we count uh, Mario Kart uh, on tour, tour, that game's horrible. <laughs> and we count that one, right? So we're going to count Pokemon Dash. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Voice of reason, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, that was during my period where I was like, controls don't suck. They're just designed that <laughs> yeah, way to yeah. be difficult. No, but what I was going to say is to your point, yeah, it is It is a whole ecosystem now. Because like, what I was trying to say about the logos, it's a minor thing, but it really made it stand out to me that they have three prongs. Because you got the standard games with like the, that one type of logo, you know, big Pokemon logo, and then some sort of fancy art around it like the gray and sword shield or the text of let's go pikachu and eevee then all the spin-off games or at least like the more casual fare that pokemon fans may enjoy um they're doing this thing now where the logo's encased like it's pokemon in a subtitle it's in like this closed bubble box thing with some sort of texture like look at cafe mix and snaps logos or even go back to like pokemon masters from a year ago on smartphones like they all have this similar logo trope now and then there's this third thing the lifestyle apps where the motif there is just a Pokemon logo and some plain floating text with like a super simple gradient. Like go look at the logo of Pokemon Go, Pokemon Sleep, Pokemon Home, Now Smile. They all have very similar styling 
very similar iconography, mm-hmm. but those are and very different. The game is still as popular as ever. So yeah. Geez, no, it's like, I guess the point I'm making here, which you sort of already sort of latched onto by saying ecosystem, we talk about Nintendo's attempts to Disneyfy with like IP expansion and theme parks and movies. Successful TV show, movies. Yeah, but yeah. exactly in many ways, I would say Pokemon is one step ahead, is already probably more diversified than even what Nintendo itself wants to do. I mean, like, even with the logo thing I was bringing up, like, think of all the different, like, Disney products and services and how they give their iconic characters all these different designs and different looks depending on what it is. But at the end of the day, the one thing that's constant is there's always that Disney logo above it. But you can have Mickey Mouse look like the Pikachu in Pokemon Smile, or you can have that Disney logo slapped on a service like Disney Plus or Disney Movies Anywhere, and it's still Disney. Like, Pokemon's doing that. Like, whatever it is, it's still Pokemon. It still involves those characters. It can be styled one way. They can go look another way. But it's still, at the end of the day, Pokemon. And that's something Nintendo doesn't even quite do. Like, they don't change the look of Mario that drastically, depending on the medium or that sort of thing. I mean, it was so it was, it was pretty drastic when they gave him nipples. <laughs> that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Does yeah. Pokemon have a, uh, I, a theme park? A nipple? Uh, they did briefly. They, a, they did briefly. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, interesting. So, and, and the thing is, do like, this is clearly... they would ever be hmm. permanently added to a major theme park? Or you don't think I could see them teaming up with Universal eventually. I mean, why not, right? Like, you have Nintendo World and next door you have Pokemon well, Park? Well, because Pokemon park? is a Warner property, isn't it? Uh, sort of. They have the movie rights to Detective Pikachu, but um, Pokemon Company kept all the major rights for everything. They're still the key mm. center. Yeah, cause, and I mean, like, it's smart of them. They had their second best year ever, the Pokemon Company, this past year. They made, like... 143 million bucks or something off just Pokemon. It's 15% higher than a year ago, and it's the highest it's been since they launched Go. Like, they're clear, clearly this prong strategy and keeping all their IPs close to the chest and all that works really well for them. So I think whatever they end up doing, like, they got it They got it down cold. Like, this is – it's interesting, and it's silly that it took a couple of logo designs to make me notice it But personally. But it, it, it it's, it's very interesting that they're doing this. Um, so, yes – there's a lot of different Pokemon things for a lot of different people, and I feel like the presentation, at least, um, the games they announced so far are the spinoffs. Those are the interesting ones. And the big one, of course, was Pokemon Snap. And man, have I been wanting this for a long time. What do you guys think of Snap? Do you, do you, are you even Snap fans? Where, where do you stand on the Snap spectrum? I mean, hot, hot take of their reveal was... Oh, I guess that's cool. Um, <laughs> that's the cool. But, that's like the most like cool hot take I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was also kind of like a little bit of that, and like, like really now it's like when I don't care anymore, because mm. because I, I mean I love Pokemon Snap. I'm sure like a lot of people do. Like I played the heck out of it on the N64. Mm-hmm. Would replay levels all the time. Would just love looking at certain Pokemon. Like in some runs, I would just stare at them and just see them animate because they were all like. Doing things that you wouldn't even think like Pokemon would do, it's I don't know, it, it was awesome. And I feel like for me, like the desire to want a new Pokemon Snap was at its highest on the Wii yes. U around the time that that um Toad Toad's big adventure. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> Toad is he Pee Wee? Toad's big adventure. <laughs> I, I like Toad's big adventure better. Um <laughs> So yeah, like when when Toad's Treasure Tracker um came out there with like a segment when they were like oh you could be told in a minecart and you move the camera around and you could like see the environment and like shoot stuff at people and i'm like well this looks like it could have been perfect for pokemon snap like i want to pokemon snap on the wii u it seems like perfect so you could have like the screen on the tv 
Always yes. you straight ahead on the on yes. rail. Yes, this was and something And then with I the gatepad, you could move around. Then you could literally just like, you know, literally look around your environment and be like, perfect. You have the camera. It's it, It'd be perfect. But then it just never happened. And I guess at some point I was just like, uh, that would have been like ideally perfect, but whatever. I just kind of stopped caring. And now it's just like, kind of like my previous point to why I can't play Pokemon Sword and Shield. There's just too many other games out for me to be like, well, like, oh man, I gotta play this now. Like, it went from a day one purchase to now. Get at the end of the line, buddy. Well, two things. But, one, it's not. It doesn't have a I release mean, date. It could come out in 2021 for all we know. So you might have a gap to play it in. Two, I'm we sure are, I have enough games to keep me busy until 2022. Yeah, maybe. you but, probably do. Yeah. As I say, two, we are on totally the same wavelength because that's my exact reaction. When it was, well, I'm super excited for it, but the reaction of this would have been better on Wii. I, mean, I think it's awesome. I'm, I'm happy that it's yeah. really made, but it's just like. I, I can't really play but right that, now. But that, that, I yeah. had that exact same it needed to be on Wii U feeling. Like, it just, like, the setup, the dual screen setup with Wii U was just so perfect for it. And it's kind of a bummer that, like, like they can do some of it because you still have, like, the key thing with the Wii U experience, I think, um, you would always have your bearings moving down the track forward. So it's like you're in an actual safari vehicle and you're looking around, but you're still moving forward. You can still see what's up ahead. That would have been ideal. But, like, you do have the Switch in handheld mode as a gyro controller you can still kind of pretend you're using a viewfinder but like yeah we would have been perfect i mean labo if they were to integrate labo um i think that's the best option we have now it's a kind of close second i mean first of all there's fact that would be actual like 3d i mean grainy 3d but actual like stereoscopic 3d (laughs) nonetheless um and then like having you know labo vr shell already have a button where a shutter button would be is kind of perfect um so they could have done that. Yeah, the Labo does give that some kind of excitement. Yeah, the thing the is, I don't know if Nintendo's going to do that. Because, like, Labo VR, or really Labo as a whole, like, it doesn't really... It didn't really light up the charts for them, you know? And they used it for I STEM know, stuff, and they used it for... It. I agree, but knowing Nintendo... Oh, yeah, let's add freaking VR support to Smash Brothers, where you can't even play while using the VR, but... Yeah, Wait, you yeah, that, that, and, and see, I mean, that's the thing, is knowing Nintendo... Yeah, you can't play. You're supposed to watch replay oh, yeah, and move the camera dumb. around. Yeah. Um... But, like, knowing Nintendo, they're going to be like, well, that... Because, you know, that's what... Yeah, yeah they're going to be like, well, that didn't work. Guess no one wants Labo VR, even though, you know, they did the <laughs> STEM stuff. They did, like, the school programs. But when was the last time Nintendo mentioned Labo? When was the last time we came up in a financial well, briefing or a it. sales I mean, chart? I, I guarantee you, even if they just saw the camera thing by itself, people would obviously buy that's it. That's what that. I'm that would, hoping. I bet you Jason thing. knows Here's the, the, the answer to the question that he just asked, too. I do not actually. Oh, okay. They have not said. I it. thought you were going to pull. No, but out. here's the thing. Oh, it was last. No. talked about on. Uh... No, 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 no. Oh, oh, when was it last talked yeah. about on the fin- financial? Uh, like a year ago. Okay. <laughs> like I thought you. I thought you were going to have but... the exact date. No, I should have. That is very. That would be very on brand for me. But I did not think of that. Uh, but yeah, no. Like seriously, they it's basically dead in the water. So they could try and revive it, but knowing Nintendo, you know, every time you think there's an easy choice for them to make, they somehow make the opposite choice. So, so I don't know what that means in terms of if it will get Labo VR, but I will take Labo VR as a substitute for it not being on Wii U at this point. Like, I'd rather still have Snap. Actually, one thing I really think would be cool, which they're not going to do, if we're talking pipe dreams here, um, I think it would be cool. Like, one of the things about Pokemon Snap, the original I, that I was actually into was going to get the physical photos. Like, I had – I still have them in my closet, like the little sticker sheet where you print out your photos at Blockbuster, and I still have my little payment card. It was Jigglypuff on it, and you you know stick it in and pay. I have all that. Obviously, in this day and age, most people are going to share digital uh, photos digitally. They're going to – you know at, at bare minimum, I assume, Pokemon Snap is going to have um, some – mode where you can very easily go post to twitter you know maybe it just hooks into the share button in the same way that 
of all games. Cooking Mama Cookstar does really well. Um, but it would be kind of cool if somehow they had a deal with like Shutterfly or Snapfish or something. You could like order prints or like photo books of your or stickers or postcards of your in-game photos. I can think of a million reasons why Nintendo won't do it. You know, kids ordering items without parents' permission inside a Pokemon game, that's crazy. But it could be a cool, like, little modernization of one of the defining features of the original, or at least how it was defined to me. So I'm kind of hoping they do that. I know they won't. I mean, it is pretty easy. Even if they don't do it, I mean, it is pretty easy to to just upload. Yeah, it's not the same. Because, like, imagine if they, like... You know, they made a deal with Shutterfly and actually, like, make special, like, books, like, cover, like, fake leather, pleather, like, Pokemon-branded books and stuff. Like, it could be really cool, but, yeah, you're right. I could always just grab an SD card. Um, But, yeah, because, like, that was weirdly – like, Pokemon Snap is such a weird game if you think about it because, like, it – like, people have been wanting it for a long time. I mean, Angel, you already came and went in wanting it. And it's weird because, like, if you stop and think about Pokemon Snap, it's one of those, like, weird black sheep of gaming that somehow was exactly not what people wanted initially and then suddenly became this thing that, like, everyone clamored for. There's a few games throughout, like, Nintendo's history that do that. But if you, like, think about it, like, go back to, like, what is it, 1999, Pokemon Frenzy is, like, the peak of Pokemon Frenzy for the first time. And Nintendo has this system that can make 3D games, all those little sprites, all those pixely Pokemon. Like, imagine them in 3D on your TV, 50 inches. It's awesome. And then they announce Pokemon Stadium. It's like, whoa, look at the battles, look at the effects. And then they essentially go like, ha, just kidding. What if we give you 63 of those Pokemon and all you do is take photos of them? And, like, even as a kid, like, even when I was 10, I could see right through it. I, like, like to me it felt like a cash-in on the craze, even as a 10-year-old you know, a way to get people to buy something Pokemon for their N64 is while they wait for Stadium. And yet I, I did buy it, and then I started to really love it. And then, you know, in the same way that, like, uh, Pokemon Go or Detective Pikachu is all about, um, you know, kind of presenting the Pokemon world to me in more and more, like, lifelike ways, which is why I love those things. Like, Snap was kind of the originator of that, and then I got super into the Blockbuster thing and started making the photos and all that. So it, it just, it's just odd to me if you stop and think about Pokemon Go conceptually – like, right from the start, it's not what people wanted. They wanted a core Pokemon game, like Angel, you were saying. And yet, then Nintendo's like, nah, we're going to do it anyway. And now it's, like, one of the most sought-after things. And it was, like, trending all day on Twitter. And it was this bombshell of an announcement. And, yeah, it's very reminiscent to me of, like, how other Nintendo releases evolved. Like, think about, like, when the GameCube launched. And it was Luigi's Mansion. Everyone was like, wait, no, this isn't Mario. We need a Mario. And then it's now a multi-selling multi-million selling series with three games that keep getting better or like even wind waker not quite one-to-one but like oh zelda no we don't want that it's horrible and then it's now a really well-received zelda game it spawned an awesome equally well-received hd remake on wii u so it's just funny how these things kind of evolve and i don't know what got me on this tangent but um i just find it kind kind of amusing that like something that was definitely sort of shoved out the door just like whatever turned into like the one of the most sought after things so much so that we're seeing here even when it's announced, being like, but it wasn't announced on the right system at the right time. Like, it needed to be this. We're so into it. It needed to be exactly like this. It's, it's just funny how game franchises evolve, I guess. Where is my Hey You Pikachu sequel? That's, that's uh, It was on I the want. Wii. No, we are, <laughs> no, on the we are not. We're not counting those. We're not counting. <laughs> Did you not, like Hey You Pikachu? We're not counting uh, Pokemon Channel. We're not counting uh, mm-hmm. Poke Park or Poke Park 2. I want a Hey You Pikachu sequel. So did you? Were you into the original? Like I guess you Absolutely were. Absolutely not. Saying. I was not, but I want it. <laughs> I I own it. I have it in the other room. I can what hook a, it up and try it. What a waste of time! But I want a sequel. 
it, so so is that what you want on June 24th to be the I want Hey You Pichu. The big project. That's what I want. Okay. Okay. That's if fair. I don't get the hey voice you technology today would be so I'm much done. better. So what so Kevin where's when you see something, let's say, like Pokemon Cafe Mix be announced, right? right? Like that weird little puzzle game. Do you just look at it and go, why is this not Hey You Pikachu? Exactly. <laughs> is that what you looked at when like, you saw Pokemon when, when Snap? Like, when hey when Sword and Shield was announced, I was thinking to myself, why wasn't this Hey You Pikachu 2? <laughs> now, would it be called Hey You 2 Pikachu? Like T-O-O? I'm done. I'm done with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I don't name the games. That's why I don't name the games. But yeah, actually, um, I keep calling it Pokemon Snap too. It, yeah, it's new Pokemon Snap. Pokemon. That's the other thing. Like that name. I know Nintendo started it, yeah. but like I feel like they have the bad stigma. Like don't call anything new. The blank. thing I'm worried about is like, like if they're that lazy with the name, I like what are they gonna do with like the plot and the <laughs> character? Like it's, so, the original game was Todd Snap. I was gonna say like, what if someone goes to GameStop? Like, can I get? Uh, Pokemon Snap? Like, do you mean the new Pokemon Snap? I don't or think or anyone at GameStop's gonna be like, Snap. oh, do you mean the 22 year old game? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe. maybe. I mean, especially now that more people will want to just like play the old one again. True, but uh, in preparation. For I was gonna thing. say that. Do you um, do you have the same concern I do that they're calling it new? It's just. It's, I mean, it's obviously half remake, but I'm a little worried they're gonna go so bare bones. Like you know, the first one, like the premise was really simple. You're a guy named Todd. The first Snap. one was kind of bare bones. Yeah, yeah I mean, there the original game was bare bones to, bones to you could, begin with. Yeah, you could 100 percent that thing. True, to my point, that it was a cash in attempt that just caught. So on. I, I feel like. I feel like people that grew up with the first one and haven't they're gonna be like, "Whoa!" Are probably remembering, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, they're probably gonna be remembering the first one like being so full of depths and stuff, and then they're gonna say play this one, and maybe it's gonna be comparable to the first one. They're gonna be like, "Wow, that was disappointing!" Like the first one was way better, and then they play it, and they're like, "Oh, it wasn't." But, yeah, yeah, we'll see. As long as they don't like my biggest concern, maybe they should have never remade. No, one. no, don't don't say such <laughs> horrible things. No. Unless they're going to really go above and beyond. And so far, I mean, the visuals look great. And, I mean, that's what we said. Oh, yeah, yeah. The beauty of it being on Rails is it visually looks really cool because they don't have to worry about b- rendering uh, it and open And then, world. like, all those people going, like, like, oh, why aren't these, like, why isn't the animation this good in the core line Pokemon? It's like, because you have, like, well, like 300 creatures in a giant open world versus five yeah, on a these track. These are, like, all, like, staged and, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, everything is. Yeah, like, like that field of, uh, what was it, Tauruses and that whale lord moment. And I oh, look great. But the the, the other yeah. game actually, like we, I keep sort of referencing Pokemon Cafe, so we actually talked about it. that game looks good too, like art style wise. What a cool look! Yeah. It has a really nice look. Yeah, I like how the Pokemon look. The Pokemans, yeah, the, and it's sort of like this painted like Parisian cafe vibe. It's it's really cool. The 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 thing I have there, the concern I have there is the gameplay doesn't seem. How does that? Work I as don't a stable know. Job per person, I mean, how do they pay you? Do they have like a conversion? Do the Pokemon actually have money? Do the Pokemon have to beg their trainers for money? Can only Pokemon with trainers go to this cafe? Or do random Pokemon, I guess, have to bum off their friends that have trainers? I see what's been keeping you up at night. Um, You know, if you look at Pokemon Mystery Dungeon... I mean, I I guess if you question some parts of the Pokemon universe, it kind of falls apart. If you look at Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, you dig into... The what? Oh, yeah. 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 But no, I was going to say, if you look at the... Or even Toy Story. If you look... Angel at the deeper lore of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series. They have a whole economy, a whole government, a whole township. Like this could be a yeah, cafe a, a in Pokemon one of those. Pokemon between Pokemon. This is like your cross. You're Unless maybe here, here we go. Follow, follow along. <laughs> your pebbles are no good here. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I was just say, hold on. What if? That's what all. if this is actually a sequel to the Mystery Dungeon series? Because in Mystery Dungeon, you're a human that turns into a Pokemon. So what if you turn back into a human, but you decide to live like Jungle Book style and just live among them and be one of them? 
And this is all in a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon town. You don't know. Maybe they built their own Pokemon well, Paris. You I guess know. we'll find out once it actually comes out. I think right now you can just pre-order yes, it, Yes, it right? comes out, I think, the 24th, which, again, one of those things that we're talking about now that might you be irrelevant. You get it on the eShop and on mobile. Correct. It's on smartphone yeah. and just on Just like Switch. the Pokemon Cube World, Quest. right? <laughs> or yeah. Cube World, yeah. No, but the, you know what the thing is? As cool as the style is, the questions I had were not so much about um, how the Pokemon pay for things because I don't think that deep. Uh, I was trying to figure out what's going on with that gameplay. Because, like, here's the thing, for me personally at least. Every time I see those Pokemon puzzle games where they have the nice little rounded cute faces of Pokemon and they're the pieces themselves. Pokemon Trozy? Yes. I think back to Pokemon Trozy. And Trozy is very different than uh, Cafe Exactly. And you're good to go. (laughs) But what was cool about Trozy is they did, like, a thing where you slide them, but you slide the entire column or row. It's not just, like, you move individual pieces. It's... The whole so you're kind it's of like a sliding puzzle. Yeah, it's a sliding puzzle, but like real time move, like everything's changing in real time. And then they, you know, it got that didn't give you your Pokemon Puzzle League fix. Well, it's different because Puzzle League you do move individual pieces. But but the thing I'm getting at is so Trozy had that aesthetic and had that really cool thing, and then they keep like moving further and further away from like the Trozy light, so to speak. Because then they did Pokemon Shuffle, right? And that was like a normal match three free to play mobile game, and it was fine for what it was. Like it was. You know, it was fun enough. They tied in some, like, you're battling Pokemon motifs, kind of like Trozy did. But it was, like, gameplay-wise, more of a regular puzzle game. And now, instead of going back to what I thought was really cool with Trozy, Cafe Mix, like, I'm just seeing a reminder of how far removed we are because it's still the Trozy pieces. But now it's not even, like, Shuffle where you're matching three. Like, I can't tell what you do in Cafe Mix. It looks like you just stir them around and they sort of connect to one another and then disappear, I guess. Like, you seem to just, like... It looks like that, um... That uh, Disney game that got announced, that one Nintendo Direct. Oh, oh Disney with the Tsum Tsums or whatever. Th- the, yeah, the Tsum Tsum yeah. puzzle. That's a, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, like a st- yeah, actually, both aesthetically and layout wise, you're right. But I don't like I don't know how that works. Like even that one's more I think of a structured puzzle game. Like this one, the biggest thing they said is like you kind you connect the Pokemon, which I don't know if you just swirl aimlessly or if you draw a line and everything swirls with that line. I who knows, but the like the mechanic on top of it is you have different Pokemon you hire in the cafe, paying them with pebbles or whatever, and uh, then you clear the board using their special abilities to help wipe out what's on the board. It's like Charmander is fire or that sort of thing, and that helps cook ingredients or whatever. But I don't really like I don't know. It looks very scribbly to me. Like I don't really know what the gameplay is. I can't quite tell. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out in a few days' time because Andrew, you already mentioned it's, it's up, it's out this week. So I'll have impressions next episode where watch me contradict everything I just said, and it's amazing. It's the best puzzle game I've ever played. But in the meantime, I don't know. Like I just look at it and go like, this is Trozy in a blender. Like I don't know. It just visually is very cool, but gameplay wise, I'm very confused by it. But were you put off by it? I, I a little. Honestly, because every time I see, well, every time I see Trozy, but not the Trozy, Pokemon ability look broken. Here's Charmander to just yeah, right. Wipe the whole thing. And like I get, I I think it's clever. It's like oh, tra- like you know, oh, you're you're melting the marshmallows with your fire or whatever. Like I get thematically, it all meshes very well. But yeah, I don't really know what's going on, and they didn't really explain it, and it doesn't look like it has much depth. And I just want Trozy back. Is that too much to ask? I know I can go get my DS and get Trozy out, but like I want an HD. Yeah, you lazy bum. I want an HD. Wasn't there but a Trozy anyway. sequel? Yes, there was Battle Trozy on the 3DS, uh, which I, I just realized I never actually bought. So Call yourself a fan. Um, 
I know. I know. I sit here complaining I didn't get more Trozy, even though they handed me another Trozy. That's like if they made, like, seven Pokemon Snaps. I was like, yeah, but I really just want a Pokemon Snap. Is it that hard, Nintendo? But Or if they made a sequel to Pokemon Pinball that I didn't purchase, and now I want another Pokemon Pinball. True that. Yeah. So... But anyway, yeah, so that's the first party side. Like, that's the that side of the fake E3. But then, of course, on the other side, unless you guys say anything else about Pokemon. I think we kind of covered all the Pokemon stuff. I think we've said enough about Pokemon, especially considering we're definitely going to be talking about it next Oh, week. for sure we are, yeah. <laughs> so we will put a pin in Pokemon until next week. But on the other side of our, like, E3 wannabe checklist is the – or, yeah, next episode, two weeks, yes. Um, we have Quarantine Chronicle in between. But uh, the other thing – that comes out of E3 is, of course, a third-party presentation or multiple. And um, while Pokemon obviously had the highest ratio of Switch content, honestly, surprisingly, EA Play Live, which was EA's big presentation, had a fair share too, kind of, sort of. Did you guys watch EA Play Live Unfortunately. at all? Um, I just kept up with the announcements. <laughs> what a snooze fest, dude. Yeah. Yeah, EA play and they did it consistently. Sounds like I'm glad I didn't. EA, watch EA it. consistently has the worst uh, presentations year after year. Uh, it's so every strange because they do keep changing it, but they keep changing it in like a linear line. Like nothing, it doesn't. Imp- it's like flat. It's just different, but still flat yeah. every time. It's so weird. Like, I don't know how Ubisoft, like, props to Ubisoft, if you think about it, they somehow are very good at this. And it's really, they're not doing a whole lot different than what EA's doing, but it's just enough that it really makes a difference. It's just... Because, like, Ubi, I mean, we'll see how their digital one goes, because Ubi's is July 12th, but, um... Oh, it's that Still, far out, like, geez. it's just so weird how... What's that? I, I didn't know it was that far out. Yeah, that's the one downside of this whole, like, scattershot E3 we're going through, like, Summer Game Fest, is... I feel like I don't know when things are happening, and then they just come and go, and I'm like, wait, that – what was announced? When did that happen? Like, I happen to know Ubi off the top of my head, but, like, I didn't remember EA was going to be that day until that day. Like, there's no, like, cohesion. You know what I mean? Like, it's all just sort of sporadic, and there's no, like – Right. Yeah. It makes the podcast better. We have more to talk about each other. Tis life. Tis yeah. But anyway, so EA Play, it was kind of boring, but in the presentation, EA confirmed that in the next 12 months, they're going to be publishing seven titles for the Switch. Which, to be fair to EA, is like a five to six hundred percent increase in their Switch output of the past twelve months. So, good, I guess. Uh, of those seven, we know four already. Burnout Paradise Remastered, which just released this past week. Um, another Legacy Edition of FIFA. This time, just updating it with twenty twenty one rosters. So, lazy port. Uh, and two announcements made during the presentation: an EA, EA original title called Lost in Random from Zoink. And notably, uh, Apex Legends. Finally. Mm. I do like Zoink. Yeah, so let, let's start with Apex because that's probably the bigger of the two. Um, I mean, all we really know at this point, actually, fine. is this, fine. You want to do, do Lost in Random? Let's do Lost in Random. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> let's spend a few minutes back and forth, and then we'll talk about neither because we're running out of time. No, I was going to say that uh, Apex, we don't really know much about. All we know is it's coming out this fall. It's, of course, cross-play with other platforms. Finally. But... Yeah, yeah. So all the platforms will be able to talk, including Steam, where it's also going. But in terms of footage or anything, like, we've seen nothing, which, you know, that's always a good sign when companies, like, we're bringing our massively successful game to Switch, but we can't show you how it looks. I mean, Outer Worlds sure pulled that one off, huh? So, um, snark aside, though, like, so, I it I don't know what – it sounds like they're trying to put an effort. They didn't really say anything in the presentation, but someone was interviewing Respawn after the fact. It might have been GameSpot. I don't remember. 
and they said that um, while it's a challenge to get it up and running on Switch, uh, they think they're making progress. They're adding motion controls. Content-wise, it will match its sister versions when it actually launches. Um, I'm guessing that translates to 30 frames per second versus 60, and obviously a graphical uh, decrease, yep. which is kind of what Overwatch did. But like Kevin, you are or were, do you still play Apex? Yeah, I know you were. The Apex side, guy. I mean, yeah, I remember you were. And then you kind of started playing Overwatch again, and yeah, like and how one, how you it? feel about Apex coming to Switch, and two, how realistic do you think it is to have a good Apex on Switch? How do I feel about Apex coming to Switch? Uh, I mean, it was a it was a matter of time until it came on, right. considering it's 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 not it's not doing Fortnite levels or Warzone. Uh, my bad, uh, it's not doing Fortnite numbers or Warzone numbers. Uh, but it's so it money a, left on the table. Exactly. Yeah. So it was only a matter of time until this happened. It, cool. Like if Apex is a good game, out of all the battle royale games that I play, it's probably the least. Uh, it's probably the the one that I play the least, but it's also the one that I have the most fun with. I absolutely adore Apex Legends. So having like a new set of players to finally be able to play it, assuming that they didn't play it on other consoles or or on their PC, mm-hmm. that's great. Uh, what was the second question? Like. Do, uh, I don't even remember. I think do you, you kind of answered both. <laughs> I think I was saying, like, do you still, like, art, uh, what do you think of the kind of Switch, and do you think Switch can handle it? Oh, do I think Switch can handle it? This thing is going to run uh, 720 at 30 frames a second. Docked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I am at... Undocked is going to drop down like 540. Yeah, and uh, I will not be playing it on Switch. I will play it with people on Switch, though, sure. Like, if... if... Right, because you have an advantage. Exactly. <laughs> well, not exactly, yeah. but, like, you know, if, if well, and, and the thing is, there's so many multi. I mean, isn't it like one of those games you kind of want a mouse and keyboard with? I mean, I guess like any shooter for that. Well, matter, well, but... tons of people play it on consoles. Like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually really... and a lot of people play it on PC with a console controller. I have a friend who's super into Apex that lives up in San Francisco, and I told him about the news. He's like, "Oh, PC Master Race," and he's like, "Oh wait, no, I play with a console controller. I guess it's no different." <laughs> so yeah, you you, you get know, crazy aim assist with controllers. It's it's Interesting. disgusting. Um... I wouldn't even. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do think, Kevin, to your point, like in terms of it coming to Switch, it does make total sense. Because, like, there was a stat I saw the other week, I think, I, or other day, not week. I think I tweeted it when I was talking about Apex, actually. But uh, Fortnite, free to play, obviously much bigger than Apex. But all half of all Switches, roughly, five months after it came out on Switch, had Fortnite. So, like, that's such an opportunity for EA to expand that player base and give new players for you and other people playing on other systems to play against and beat. You know, there, there's a reason, I think, that, like, Paladins, Warframe, Dauntless, DC Universe Online, uh, what else? Brawlhalla, Smite. I think there's a Arena of Valor or whatever it's called. Like, there's a reason all these free plays are on Switch, and they all do pretty decently. So I imagine, I imagine Apex will, well, even if it's not the optimal version, will probably do pretty well. Right? Seems like it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but um, I mean, the Switch is like a very successful console, so it's safe to assume that anyone that puts their game on it. Gonna make a lot you know, money. you would think that would be an obvious thing, but it took EA how many years? <laughs> and I mean, very, 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 very good point. Yeah. So, but you want so, but at least the one thing they've been consistent with, to be fair to EA, is they let Zoink put all their stuff on Switch. I mean, we had Fee or Fair, however you say it, on Switch, and before that, Zoink has been a big Nintendo supporter with Stick It to the Man. So that brings us to the game that you sort of chimed in on already, Lost in Random, which is from Zoink, from EA, coming to Switch. Actually, a new release. Um, have you looked at Angel? Do you have you seen any footage or anything? Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it, it looks like um, like a very Tim Burton esque art style, kind of like Psychonauts ish. It is funny. But, or sorry, go ahead. But I mean, I mean, obviously, 
we don't really know what it's about. It looks like a puzzle platformer. Yeah. Maybe more emphasis on the action. I don't know. It's weird. It's like a puzzle action platformer. I don't know. It, it's I just it just has an interesting art style, and I'm very interested in how the the little buddy dice person character plays into it because I'm guessing that's where the random comes yes. in. Yeah. I don't know if you throw them and that varies on something, but I'm like very you throw them and then it'll turn into some sort of weapon depending on. Roll. Way rolls. Yeah. Like how you roll it, which could sound could be annoying to have any <laughs> kind of core mechanic based on random, but I don't know because it's like I need this weapon to kill this boss, but I keep not rolling it because no, I, I would think I, mean, I would think that, that, that they would the do something to to where like every weapon is viable yeah. against any enemy. Yeah, but I mean, but that's assuming it's even related oh, true, to true, combat. True, true, I mean, true, we don't yeah. know. All yeah, all we know right now is he head. falls along and he talks, and his head is, or his mouth is also a flap on his head, yeah. like a top flap, true, true. which is kind of funny. But I, I do think um, the timing of it was funny because I know it's not full on, but Tim Burton's aesthetic is very like borderline stop motion. And last episode, also kind you were of talking about stop motion, going aesthetic in general <laughs> with like stick it to the man and freaking yeah. death. They do kind of have that very scrawny, elongated looking people, yeah, in a very dark world. But I'm also kind of surprised and kind of happy to see like oh they can do a very nice looking cg game and not just 2d they're very stylized you know flash 2d game. But yeah it's just, it just like when i saw it, the first thing i thought was oh i mean it's not quite but angel was just saying last episode stop motion games and here's one that is inching in that direction <laughs> so it's not quite yeah, it definitely looks it. like something that could have been but yeah, yeah and it, it's actually like to be fair i sort of fell into own, my own situation like that too because um last episode you know you were talking about stop motion i was saying i feel like games don't like the art styles have been done like there's nothing that really pops and then i saw in passing the trailer for goner 2 from raw fury and granted it's a sequel that's just building on an existing look but Man, it looks cool. And, like, I haven't played the original Goner, but, like, you know, it's it's a pretty difficult, intense, like, platform shooter, and I suck at those. I haven't played it. But, like, just watching the the trailer for the new art style, like, it, they do this really cool stuff with bursts of color and splotches against a black, black background. And for the sequel, it looks like they're, like, filling in more of the color. It was more outliney in the first one from what I remember seeing. And it was just really cool looking. And I was just like, of course, right after we have a whole conversation about how games aren't arty enough we have two actually really interesting in different ways looking games that just kind of popped up so yeah shame on us like a happier version of the first one yeah sure. no it definitely does and it has like a very adult swim aesthetic too in some ways but mm. um and i mean i'm not gonna you know that sort of difficult like procedurally generated platformer i don't know if i'm gonna buy it but i did well at least shout out the art style because like it looks pretty cool but anyway yeah back to uh lost and random and ea yeah i i it's coming out I don't even know if they said when it's coming out, but presumably we'll learn more closer in. This is very much a tease in the most literal sense. Um, <laughs> so that does leave us essentially with three unknown Switch games from EA, uh, which, you know, if they're – it's more than their output of the last two years, so so that's good. But the the commitment – it certainly doesn't sound quite as impressive when we sit here and go through the list as it did didn't, when they said didn't it in the presentation. Get, didn't <laughs> Hazelight's new game also get announced for Switch? I, I don't know if it was confirmed for Switch. Um, you mean uh, the other two or it other two or whatever it's called? Yeah, it takes, it takes other, two. Yeah, it takes two. It other two. I'm just stringing together words now. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's the name. Like the song. Yeah. Um, Me and you. Yes. I don't think it was announced for Switch. To be honest, it'd be awesome, and maybe that's one of the ones. Because I mean, at this point, we know. 
Burnout FIFA, Lost in Random, Apex, um, Un- Unravel 1, the original Unravel, was rated by uh, a Korean or Brazilian ratings board for Switch. So that's probably one of them. So that does leave us with two. So maybe it is one of the two, fittingly. But I think what was... It's a weird game to turn into a... Oh, never mind. Right. I think what was... Uh, to me, what was kind of the most striking about this whole situation is – so they say seven games, and then they announce four, and then there's maybe one or two others, and maybe I'm misremembering that one being one of them. But uh, they kept throughout the presentation. They kept going like, we're pleased to announce it's coming to su- – and I was like, oh, Switch? And they're like, Steam. I'm like, what? It was like every single game that made perfect sense on Switch. Did they actually trip up? And <laughs> we're like, su- Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. But uh, yeah, they all like they went suh, and then they wait for me to go switch, and then they no. But uh, like, there's so many games they announced is now on Steam. And I'm just like, why is this not on Switch? This is perfect for Switch. Like Command and Conquer remastered. I mean, Diablo three is successful on Switch. Civilization six is successful on Switch. Or you know, they showed off an entirely original game called Rocket Arena, which granted, it looks kind of generic. It's like a squad-based third-person shooter. I mean, Kevin, you what do you think of it? It seems kind of generic, right? Yeah, I'm not touching that thing. Yeah, but like that, honestly, for the same reason we were talking about the free-to-plays on Switch, like that would make sense on Switch. Paladins, Overwatch, Fortnite, Splatoon, all proved there's an audience for that. That was announced for Switch. But I think the most egregious example to me was The Sims. But the lack of it being on Switch, and honestly what was equally surprising was the fact that Sims players are called Simmers. Which what? That's like learning Hulu viewers are called hooligans. Is that what? True? But anyway, that is true. Oh, they call their viewers hooligans. Like in their in their like in their like documents and corporate stuff. Like are hooligans? It used to be the name of their employees, and then they switched it to the name of the customers. Um. But anyway, my point is like EA had this whole segment on the importance of the Sims franchise to them. How it's such a massive franchise for core and casual gamers. How they're bringing it to Steam now. And I was just saying they're like Switch. Bring it, bring it, bring it to Switch, because like right now, now in particular is the time to strike. You have all these folks who picked up Switches for Animal Crossing, in obviously much larger numbers than expected. I mean, just give a sense of the scale here. That's right, stealthy Jason Sales Corner. Just give you a sense of the scale here. May NPD <laughs> numbers came out for the U.S. Right. the other I'll be, week. I'll be back in and... 15 minutes. <laughs> no, it's not long. It's just to prove the point that they should bring Sims, because uh, you know there was no major releases for Switch in April. There was Xenoblade and 2K Collection at the end of May, the last couple games. But guess what the number one selling console was in May? It was still the Switch. It had the strongest May of any system since the DS in 2009. It had the highest year-to-date dollar sales of any platform in U.S. history. Its install base growth is only is outpaced by the Wii and the PS2. What? Or March? I feel like this is exactly what you Yes, said no, but it's continuing without Animal Crossing oh. being a new release. That's my point. Like, it was responsible for 56% of May, or well, let me rephrase. <laughs> of the U.S. No, economy. <laughs> yes, in our current economy. No, I was going to say it was responsible, but it's not. It was a main driver of 56% jump in hardware sales year over year. And the software side, Animal Crossing is number three still for the third month of tracking. It's the number one game on Switch in the Switch dedicated top 10. Newer stuff like Xenoblade, which to be fair, only had a couple days of tracking, that was down at number 13 compared to Animal Crossing at number three on the overall chart. And like even internationally, like Famitsu saying Animal Crossing. Digital downloads are over 10 million now. And in, in Germany, Animal Crossing is selling four times faster than Smash Bros. did on Switch. Like, Nintendo has this wave of success from this casual influx that their stock, or that has led their stock to be the highest it's been in a decade since the peak of the Wii in 2008. And as much as I love to keep going into a Jason Sales Corner, I'm trying to make a point here, and that point is 
what are you doing, EA? Look at this audience you have. You have a super casual-facing game. You have a super casual audience right now. There's a reason, I was saying this on Twitter the other day, there's a reason Clubhouse Games came out now. Nintendo's targeting that new audience they built, and you could tell they are. I forgot to say this during Clubhouse Games. You could tell they are because uh, Clubhouse Games uses that exact same font that every casual Nintendo game has used since the Wii. You know that one font that Wii Sports and Wii Play and Wii Fit all use for their menus and stuff? That is the Clubhouse Games font. So, like, they know it's casual. They know what they're doing. So I don't understand how Nintendo – I'm sure they told EA, hey, this would be a great time to bring Sims. Like, they always want to – you know, they're always trying to recruit and entice third parties. I don't know why EA was just like, nah, we're good. Like, it's such a prime time. And granted, they could wait a little longer, and they can – maybe it is one of the 12-month games that's going to come down the pipe, maybe for the holidays, and there would still be that audience there. It's not going to sell their Switches. But it just seems like right now, this summer, could have really been a moment that Sims could have had a moment on Switch. And they kind of just like let it go. So, yeah. So that's how I sneak a Jason Sales Corner in. But, um, but yeah, it's just like... It's, I don't know if that was sneak, more sneaking in than like just like jumping on someone from the back and stabbing them with a shiv. Well, that's how I shivved everyone into a Jason Sales Corner. Well, I guess that is sneaking up on them if you were able to assassinate them. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Kevin, like, Larry, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of why I'm just like that whole – the takeaway from the EA Play presentation of me was like, okay, there's a couple things coming to Switch, but why are all these other things that are name-dropping not coming to Switch, which is probably not what they intended. But then again, I feel like I'm very critical of EA because they're one of the biggest companies in the world for gaming, and yet they just ignore the biggest platform. But anyway, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on the EA. the biggest platform currently out right now? The Switch? Yeah. Um, no dice. In terms of sales in the last year or two, you could say yes. I, okay, fair enough. PlayStation 4 has more of an install base. Not yeah. only that, but... PlayStation but, 4 is at about 99. Xbox One is behind it. Yeah, though. but like, like everybody's already gearing up for PS5 and Xbox, whatever the new generation is Well, called. everybody that's a core, <laughs> still core audience it's still, thing. It's still called like, Series X. They could put old ports on Switch and have it do dandy. They're somewhat different audiences. No, but what I'm saying is like... Most likely, the reason, or like one of the reasons why the Switch is the highest selling console right now is because ev- who's buying, who's going to buy a PS4? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime yeah, soon? but or I mean, it's, it's on, tra- but it's on track. No, you're absolutely right. It's no one's going to necessarily buy that right now, but they are buying Switches. And as a result, there's still that audience, whether it's because PS4 is on its last legs or not, you know? Like, it's still tracking just behind PS2 and We're Wii in terms of overall. Over three years content. in, huh? Yep. Damn. So. Yeah, so you you definitely have a point that like a lot of people are turning their attention, but there is a huge audience on Switch that it you know there's opportunities to do stuff with and make games for and port old games for. So yeah, but anyway, you know you know what's kind of funny about all this is even though um, you know we're talking about this is kind of Switch and that's not kind of Switch and it's not E3 and all, we still have that weird dichotomy of like these third party things. Like we talked a lot about EA and that completely overshadows a slew of smaller titles and indie releases and that sort of thing. And like, so what we normally do in our E3 show when we have it is we get to go and check out a bunch of these indies at a special event called the mix on a rooftop as, as Angel, you know, well, and um, in lieu of that, the team behind the mix actually teamed up with a bunch of other folks to make a three day live stream series called the gorilla collective. And like the mix, there's literally no way we're going to cover every game. So instead um, we all kind of look through the games and we're going to do what we would have done if we went to the actual event, just highlight some that caught our eye for one reason or another, or like the most interesting. Um, so I guess the easiest way to do this is just a round robin, right? 
So, Angel, do you just want to go first with one of yours that you saw? Sure. Yeah, the, the first one that caught my eye was a game called Volta X. Mm-hmm. Um, they describe it as a turn-based tactical RPG. Um, you don't really get that feeling from the trailer. I'm sure it is part of it, obviously. But um, from the trailer, you see that it's kind of like a base builder. You take time to build your base. You presumably have to build a place where you get resources. Kind of StarCrafty, but I guess more like the Fallout Vault. Uh, uh, shelter. Edition. Fallout Shelter, there you go. Or it's any kind of base builder where you know you have to have your resource area, your build your weaponry area, that kind of stuff. Which leads into, presumably into, I guess, the customization of your mechs, which you use to fight other mechs. And the art style, I don't know, it, it just has a very appealing art style to me. I just love it. It's very cartoony look. It has, it's like a and the mech, throwback anime almost. Yeah, and the way everything... Well, it reminds me more of like that... Um, Robopon. That Powerpuff, that Powerpuff Girl, oh, like sure. Super Monkey Team, Robot Force Hyper, or whatever it's called. Do you remember Robopon? Just without the the aesthetic outlines. No, I don't. Oh, well, that that's a reference that's not worth it. For anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, Robopon was a Game Boy Color game that piggybacked off the Pokemon wave of having multiple versions as little robot creatures, and the art style was very similar to Volta X, from what I remember. But yeah, and the robots, like while look while they look simplistic, I feel like the the shading and the art style just make them look. It's very stylish and really cool. I don't know. I just really love the look of the game. I don't know if it has actual mm-hmm. multiplayer, which could be really interesting if it basically becomes like a sort of weird Pokemon where you're building up a giant mech to battle other people's mechs, which could be really fun. And I guess maybe less stressful because you don't have to build a team of six, but obviously the way you design your mech could have a very... And the, and the battles themselves it, but... are... Like, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't the trailer showing that you control... You're not just fighting the robots, yeah. you're, you're running between... The, like, you're doing the robot battle and running around the robot's interior and going room to room to I do mean, stuff? It, I don't know if that is what that was. I don't know. If, I mean, I kind of took it as that was, like, a base, and then you also have your robot battles. And... I think I think in battle I, you're I, I mean, also if, juggling stuff in the ship. I mean, if that's the case, then it... it I mean, that makes it sound even more awesome. Yeah, I'm like pretty sure that's like how it arm is. is damaged, you have to go repair it, kind of like you would in some tabletop mm-hmm. games. But I don't know. It's definitely on my radar. It's it. I just really love its style and it's Angel. And the crazy thing, even even yeah, even if it's not online, um, I, I'm probably still going to check it out. Try out uh, Into the Breach. Is it similar? That sounds like I want to say if, that sounds like a game I've played, or maybe not. But it sounds familiar. Uh, from the so developers of f- FTL. No, nothing. All right. It is on Switch. In, Into the Breach is on Switch, I'm pretty sure. Faster than light. Oh, you're talking about a video game. Oh, uh, I guess I haven't definitely haven't played Just it. Just check it out. You know, it's kind of funny about uh, Volta X because I, I looked into it a little when you mentioned you're a top. I just you know familiarize myself. And uh, did you know it's from Gung Ho, as in the same people as Ninjala that comes out this week? I talk about like yeah, I did. talk about how I mean, different the logo they are. Kind of pops oh, up right when right. the trailer starts. So that's true. That's true. Well, the point I was gonna make is that's quite I'm a not difference. Not an idiot, Jason. I didn't mean you were. I just meant like I don't know if the logo's in the trailer. I don't remember. Anyway, or I don't know if you made the connection at Gung Ho to Ninjala. Anyway, um, kind of. It's interesting how they're coming out with like their version <laughs> of Splatoon, and then simultaneously, like a month later, this comes out this summer. It's like a month later, they're doing this kind of smaller scale, like more indie style thing. It, it kind of feels unfair to call like to call it like their version of Splatoon. I mean, I mean, it, in terms of scope, like, I mean, in terms of scope, actually, it's bigger. The, they're going to the, do a the, cartoon. The appearance, the, the appearance, is kind of ends right there. It's just far as like nah, yeah. third pa- third person team based fighter action so, thing. 
yeah, but Splatoon's not. A, I mean, that's like literally any like multiplayer shooting game. Like, oh, Splatoon is just a Nintendo's Call of Duty or any kind of team based fighter. I guess at that point, it's just a different yes version of Splatoon. <laughs> Ultimately, in a way, no, but you're right. Ninja is more unique, and they actually are going. Re- it feels it feels unfair to Splatoon just to like kind of like. I guess I guess I'm like, mainly doing the Splatoon comparison in terms of scope because it's like a huge release for them, and it's like they're trying to set it up as like a next big IP for them, and they even are doing cartoon for it. So, which is bigger than Splatoon, um, but yeah. Well, Splatoon's already—they have an anime coming up. They do. Yeah, based on the manga. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, so then it is pretty analogous after all, in a weird way. Um, yeah, so that that's Volta X. Uh, Kevin, you you had a game or two, right? Yeah, uh, Empire Sin is the the one that's been on my radar for a little bit. Uh, basically, from from the original announcement. It was sounding like this was going to be XCOM, like Mafia Edition, Mobster Edition, mm-hmm. and I I love me some XCOM, and I, I, there, there's been a resurgence of of this type of game, which I find fascinating, because you had uh, this year alone from two big dogs, you had um, XCOM Chimera Squad and Gears Tactics, and now you right. now you have this one, and then there was there was a couple of others. Uh, ones from the guys that did, oh, I forget the name. It was it was basically X combo like with uh, what what what's it called when animals can talk? Anthropomorphic. There we go, with the uh, anthropomorphic animals. Uh-huh. Um, and was, animal? Are you thinking? Then there's also Phoenix Point, uh, from the like OG X guys. So and of course Mario and Rabbids a few. Oh years yeah, ago Mario well. Rabbids a few years ago. So yeah, so. I, I think there's like a really cool spin on the uh, on the tactics idea. It's not sci-fi. It's not fantasy. It's it's grounded. It's not Mario. It's not Mario. Yeah. <laughs> it's not whimsical. It's just like a straight up like mob story. And I'm I'm really looking forward to the twists to the to the further twists that they add to this game. I think one of the cool things about it is actually to your whole point about all these is it's not just like some companies are doing it. It's like big name people are doing it. Like the Gears folks are doing it. The you know XCOM has a new one, and then like isn't this one from like John Romeo or Romero or whatever his name? You know the Doom and Quake guy from back uh, in the day. It's his wife. His project. Oh, okay. So it's him and his wife's company yeah. that's doing it. But I think she is the creative director on it. Interesting, and I'm sure you know he's probably right there lending. Oh yeah, got mm-hmm. advice too. But yeah, it's yeah, I, it it looks. I think if I'm not mistaken, this was first revealed actually at E3 by Nintendo a year ago. Yeah, I think it was in like their sizzle reel. Yeah, yeah, and it it's I I um. They didn't really say much at the time, but it did kind of catch my eye too. And then I was reading up on it a little, and I guess like it's historically accurate. Which is kind of interesting. So it's actually going to be about like – it's like during Prohibition mm-hmm. and they're, you're going to be able to recruit like actual underlings for yourself that are based on real historic gangsters from the time. Like there's a whole bunch and you have to like get into different businesses like speakeasies and brothels and all that. And then you have to like manage those and I guess when you get in turf wars is where the turn-based combat comes in or something. I'm not it, – it sounds actually kind of cool. Like I guess the currency system is like alcohol. So, like, the type of alcohol you illegally brew will influence how much you can do in terms of, like, negotiate and stuff. It really sounds elaborate. Yeah, this game sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it should be cool. I think it's finally coming out because I think it's supposed to be out last year and they delayed it. I think it's out sometime this year at this point. Yeah, can't wait. But, yeah, it should be cool. Um, I guess I'll do mine now. Uh, mine is more 
I would guess, an experience in a game in any traditional sense because it's literally described as a one-button game. So there's only you know so much gameplay depth one button can necessarily have. But it's called Say No More, and that's literally what you do in it. You say no to people. So more like yeah not say no more it's like, say no yes, more like, like i'm yeah say no more more yeah so i said the opposite careful. of yes man sorry yes i mean no but yes correct yeah it's uh yeah so it's basically the, the premise is like you're an intern at this company run by a bunch of people arrogant people i guess and um you they all look at you as the internet only does what they say, but you're going to push back and show how you're more than just like what, you know, they're yes, man, essentially. And you get like this, I guess, some like self-help cassette that teaches you how to say no. And then as you make your way through the office and tell people no more and more, you then get additional cassettes that teach you other ways to say no, like other languages or maybe clapping at people sarcastically instead of saying no or saying no louder. And then you literally just like from what I can tell in the trailer, just go around and say no to people. And that, that's about it. So it's more about like your interaction and how people respond to those and what you, you know, like the kind of like scenarios that play out than it is necessarily like the deep gameplay. But it looks like one of those kind of funny, comical experiences, experiences of a game versus um, more of a like, you know, like if you compare against something like uh, Empire of Sin, obviously very different very different types of game but both interactive in some ways so yeah this this seems like it could be pretty cool and it, it has this you know wacky look to it it has kind of like n64 meets minecraft or graphic aesthetic um but yeah it just seems like one of those weird things that's gonna be kind of funny to just go through and even in the trailer there are so many different scenarios where someone says no and the reaction from people because some obviously like push back and then others get all self like uh self-aware and awkward and it's just kind of funny to see it play out um so yeah it should be out on switch i think later this year um I have no idea what to expect except it's probably going to be absolutely ridiculous and I do love wacky, weird, and ridiculous. So it's up my eye. But yeah, that's Say No More or Say No More. Uh, Angel, what you got? You have one more, I think, right? Uh, yeah, the other game that caught my eye is a game called Carry On. I believe that's how it's pronounced. But that game, I, I, I love any kind of game where you control like the villain or specifically like the monster and you're just kind of like wreaking havoc and that's kind of what this game looks like. I mean, in structure, it kind of looks like the Ape Out, I believe is what it's called. Um, it's another game where you control, like, this gorilla that's, I'm guessing, escaping from some sort of facility or zoo. Oh, yeah, that's Ape Out. It's just, like, just, and it's destroying, and it's just killing people on its way as you escape in a very stylized way. This one isn't so much stylized, but it's just, like, very nice pixel art, and you control this tentacle blob thing that kind of looks like... It kind of looks like what the monster in the thing looks like, even though you don't really know what that looks like. It just has, kind of has those same kind of tendrils. And you're just moving around at a very fast pace, killing scientists and people with guns. And you're just, I, mean, I don't know what, I don't even know what you're doing. It just looks like a blast. And I just love kind of how the monster looks and just the thought of controlling this creature just seems really fun. I mean, it just looks like a game that just looks just fun to mess around with. Yeah, I think they're... <laughs> Not really much to say. I mean, I mean the trailer is really short. They don't really have much. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're the. And, and, they, you seem to sum it up well from what I was reading up on. But yeah, they kind of build it as like a reverse horror game where instead of like you were describing, you're the one terrorizing. So it's all about like I guess you're running around a lab that you break out of and you're going like room to room, like trapping people in different ways and trying to eat them and murder them and capture them and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I mean like, like one of my favorite things about Friday the 13th is just playing as Jason. Or that's the only reason like I enjoyed it so much or I would put up with playing as the camp counselors. But... Right. Yeah, this, this and one, this one, this, this one's like fun. that, but two D, right? Like it's like a yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, look, it looks pretty Definitely cool. At least worth checking out the trailer. Uh, yeah, and and, yeah. and Ape Out, actually, that's a game we never really talked about on the show, but there is one really cool thing about Ape Out for anyone who wants to check it out. I think it might have been part of the Switch summer sale that just wrapped up. But uh, So it is another year rampaging as a gorilla, but from my understanding, the entire soundtrack is like played out as if it's like improvised jazz. So like it obviously isn't improvised because it's a game, but like I guess different actions you do trigger different music cues and stuff, and that's basically like you're making a like jazz song as you go through and terrorize things, which is kind of an interesting concept. Um, so maybe as a stopgap, if you want to rampage in a totally different way, there's also a out. Uh, Kevin, good way to whet the appetite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kevin, I think you had one more too, right? Yeah. Uh, what's up, Dead? So what's that? Uh, twin six shooter. Uh, I I think it's out already. Like, I think I've already seen it on Steam. I'm not sure if it's out on Switch yet. Uh, I that's a good question. Actually, I seem to remember when I I remember seeing it on Go Nintendo in passing. I want to say maybe August, oh, okay. September, something like that. But it is on Steam, I think. Yeah, because yeah. the trailer that was attached to that post was uh, out now. Uh-huh. So that's a little confusing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So so this game looks really rad. It's a twin stick shooter. I love me some twin stick shooters. Uh, Housemark Twin Six Shooters in particular. Uh, Angel could probably attest to some of those. Super Stardust HD, uh, Rezo Gun oh, yeah. on PS4. Love those games. So uh, I love me a, a good Twin Six Shooter, and its its art style is like really really cool looking. It's it's got this like minimalistic cell shading to it. Mm. That thing looks really really slick, especially. Uh... Wait, I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yes, yeah. you okay? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Were you so captivated by the art yeah, style yeah. it took your breath away? <laughs> no, so, something happening here. Uh, but no, yeah, the, the art style looks super cool. I think the main character looks rad. He basically looks like, uh, what's his name? Johnny Blaze, uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember what I saw in the truck because this one I forgot to actually check before you yeah. recorded. Uh, Wait, is this the one that What's-His-Name is doing the voice for? Uh, yes. Uh, uh Hellboy. Um, 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 Ron Perlman. Uh, yeah. 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 So, yes. I don't know. It, I think it looks really, really, really neat. And I, this is perfect for, like, handheld mode. This, this gonna oh, be yeah. Uh, it literally looks like a graphic novel. Like, it's such a, it reminds me of, uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly, it kind of has a Mad World yeah, vibe. But instead of it, Mad World, where it was black, white, and red, this is, like, shades of brown, kind of. Yeah. And, like, westerny. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar to Mad World in the stack, if you guys remember that game on the Wii. Yeah, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from the Killer Seven crew. Yes. Yeah, so. Actually, that's another game. This kind of looks like Killer Seven. Yeah, like like I said, the the minimalistic cell shading looks looks really. Yeah, neat. it's always a very cool yeah. look. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that was a few of, um, I guess, some indies we wanted to highlight. Uh, I already said my other one, Goner, higher up, because we we're all going to do two. But there's one final topic to get into because. What is a non-E3 without, as promised, the announcement of something that costs 599 U.S. dollars in tribute to one of the most awkward press conferences moment, moments of all time with the PS3? Um, in this case, to be I fair, though... It happened to them considering they dropped the mic on Sega or was it? Yeah, yeah. Sega a long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, I remember I remember uh, someone from Sony like years later was like, oh yeah, it was horrifying that we did that. <laughs> that's the phrase he used horrifying but uh in this case to be fair it's not one thing that costs 599 and it's not exactly 599 it is a multiple set of things that cost 590 if you add them all up and that is lego and nintendo and that's eight new expansions to lego super mario bringing the full price to get everything when it launches on august 1st 
first to $590, which is so close to that 599 awkward moment. So that's yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> um, I mean – the, the expansions, I, they're kind of cool. You get the Piranha Plant and uh, the Bowser Castle ones, which we already knew about. But now they're also saying that at if you buy them all up together at this – I should rephrase. You have to buy them all separately. There's no bundle. But it, should you choose to, you can also get the Guarded Fortress, Mario's House with Yoshi, uh, a Toad Treasure Hut, a Pokey, Desert Pokey expansion, Womp's Lava Trouble expansion, and the one that really caught my eye, the Boomer Bill Barrage. so yeah so here's what's weird about the boomer bill there is no mario enemy called the boomer bill there is bullet bill there's bonsai bill but there is not a boomer bill so either this is some sort of super mega giant one is called apparently not so uh like uh, the theory is one of two things one lego didn't want to say bullet in their marketing but there is a bullet bill elsewhere in the lego set and it has a traditional red back and boom you know from the from the canon and boomer build does not and this thing doesn't look like the giant one that you're describing angel so i don't really know if this is a play for the older demographic of boomers or what but there is this new thing called boomer bill in america in japan the exact same character is being called bonsai bill but doesn't look like a bonsai bill as we know him either so who knows why they named him that but uh you know as one of the 590 dollar pieces you can get boomer bill great for them older crowd but yeah that's it's uh it's more just like that's a lot of different things you can get and then similarly they're gonna have uh collectible enemy character packs in blind bags so really that 590 could go way higher uh. so you can get a paragoomba a fuzzy a spiny a buzzy beetle a bullet bill proper a bobomp an eep cheap i don't know what that is a blooper an urchin and a pipa i also don't know what a pipa is i'm just reading made up words at this point uh but yeah that's a lot of stuff like does that seem a little too much enticing. a little too much <laughs> at once perhaps does it seem like they're doing a year's worth of stuff in a day or something they should have maybe they just decided to blow their load on this one considering that labo didn't do so hot yeah like, like spreading I mean, they, across that's true and they do need to recoup those four years of r&d that they spent on this thing yeah um yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, you obviously don't need to buy all of these, but I'm sure some people out there want to. And I'm just, it, are Legos normally this expensive? Like, am I missing a, a for Nintendo collectors? Of this? Like, what com- like Nintendo collector completion? I think. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, because like back in the day, I would have been all about this, but six hundred dollars of Legos—that's a lot of Legos. And yeah, I'll wait for a proper like Lego set if that's even going to happen. At to all be fair, to be fair, some of the stuff here does look cool. Toad looks perfect in Lego form as is. Bowser does not look Okay, so some so some do, some don't. Wait, what, what's, what's the concern with Bowser? He has a super flat face. Wow, that's rude to Persian cats everywhere. I, I know he's not one, but so do they. Do you hate Persian cats? No, because <laughs> they're designed that way. They're I know what Bowser normally looks like. <laughs> and I know what Bowser like could have yeah, looked like in yeah. Lego. Like They, they botched uh, it. Looks, but Toad, he looks, he looks, like Toad a looks great. Um, yeah, I mean, some came out better than others. So. Yeah, but to, to to the point of like, wait for a proper Lego set. From what I've I've watched some videos, I read some impressions. People have gone hands on with it. It sounds like if you treat this as like a Mario Maker type of product versus a Mario like game that you play, it's actually pretty good. Like if it, once it clicks, it clicks, and you, there's like a whole sharing community through the app where you can take pictures of your levels and have people complete them. They can share your score of different levels, and obviously it takes some imagination. But I feel like on some level, when we last talked about this. 
we were kind of hard on it. It's not for us, I think, is still the case, but at least for me, and sounds like for you. But um, it does sound like there is more to it than let on, and if you're willing to spend the 600, you can actually have a really, really cool experience. Versus before, we were like, oh, it's all in your imagination. I mean, someone made a boomer bill and made a reality, so it's out of someone's imagination, but it's definitely a real thing. The listeners can't see this, but that's what I expect <laughs> a Lego Bowser to look oh, like. Oh, man. Um, wait, is there a picture I can be looking at here? Did you send something? Oh, you did. All right, yeah. I'm loading it up. Oh, whoa. So for the viewers at home or listeners at home, picture Bowser and then pretend that like someone like blurred him out just slightly enough. Oh, yeah. No, but that – you know like the where they do the pixelation on someone's face, the blur like in Cops or those old shows? Imagine if you like scale that back just enough to still be able to see stuff but not quite enough to see the detail. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, I mean it's just like <laughs> – He's made a Lego, like the Lego, like Beauty and the Beast you see in front of Disneyland. I mean, like I, I could tell you, oh, yeah, downtown. that's what it looks like. It's like one of those statues from like a Lego store. But uh, yeah, there's no way they're going to make that. Kids are going to choke on those pieces. Well, don't make them for kids. Fair they, point. They just cut their, yeah. So you want them to make more Legos that cost even more. So 590 isn't enough. We need to keep going. Let's get to 1,000. Well, no. I mean, I know Legos are expensive. Yeah. Like, if they made like a proper like Bowser's Castle or Peach's Castle set, kind of like they did the the Disneyland castle like those go for around like 200 bucks which you know by normal Lego standards that's just what you accept right I mean like the Simpsons house costs like I think like 200 bucks true and there's nothing stopping them from doing tiers of Legos like we talked about before because yeah. like, before I mean, we said if they do that like sorry yeah. go ahead no then yeah it's just, just give me that I, I'm, I'm happy this exists this is cool in its own way but yeah yeah and, and it, it's clearly aimed at a younger audience kind of like Labo so I mean and just think about I'm, it I'm not, I'm not mad at it or just think about it. But, this could cost, you know, more than a next-gen console. <laughs> so you can have one yeah. game scattered across all these things, or you can have, like, a whole next-gen system. But, no, I, I think I think there's going to be an eye stress. I don't think anyone's going to necessarily buy the whole set, but it does suck for collectors that want to. Um, except for Jason. I'm not buying any of it. I wish I could just buy Toad by himself. I would do that. But I have to buy the Toad house. I guess I could buy a little Lego Toad house and just have Toad sit in it. I guess, see, that's something that we didn't even take into consideration. Wow. <laughs> and that's how and that's it how starts. starts. But no, that's something that we didn't even like, take into consideration is like, I guess if you don't care, if you just want to have it, you don't need even the starter set for 100 bucks with Mario. You could just buy a little Toad well, yeah, or a little Yeah, but pokey. the only part I would have wanted ended up not even coming out. Well, no, Bowser's Castle is an independent piece for 80 No, I would want a Bowser. Oh, right. Yeah. But, well, I would want and, a and even the... Toad, but now I have to get the freaking house. <laughs> or treasure hunt expansion is what it actually is called. So I don't even know if I get a house. I think I just get treasure. Oh, it's not even a Captain Toad. No. And Bowser's Castle in the set is like barely a castle. It's just like a few yeah. like spires and a big. But yeah, it's not to your. It's not a Captain Toad. In fact, I don't know what's going on with Captain Toad. I mean, that but... wasn't his goal. So I mean, but the, but the thing is, like, good. I don't know what they're doing with Toad because, like, Paper Mario Origami King. Um, there's Professor Toad, not Captain Toad. Like, how many professions of Toad? I guess all of them i don't know why like i guess it like toad's worth is something else too so and toadette's something else so yeah i guess i guess in the same way to go full circle here that mystery dungeon pokemon when we're talking about how they pay for things in cafe mix maybe there's a whole toad ecosystem a whole toad political system a whole i maybe it's the duh it's the mushroom kingdom i just pieced that together so yeah i guess professor toad versus captain toad isn't that weird but yes it is weird that uh, captain toad is not doing the treasure hunt when he did track treasure on the weave Anyway, I think we're getting in the weeds here. 
Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about, or should we do the last piece of any good E3, which is the swag, which is a reminder that there isn't any to go? No, there is. Go to Ram Nintendo's Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Oh, the amiibo. Yes, and you can win. 15 plus amiibo from Kevin, including a first run villager, which is worth a pretty penny. Um, a Marth, a Shulk. What else you got, Kevin? 12 I, I mystery am, items? I, yeah, mystery they're, they're all mystery. They're all mystery items. You will be surprised at the ones that are missing in that thing. I'm just going right to like the... right off the bat, let me just tell you there is no Mario, there is no Link. So, <laughs> so you get what you get. Well, in a way, that's almost better because, like, you, Mario and Link were rarely available. This is like the creme de la creme of the blind bag, like, rarity stuff. Dude, I, rem- <laughs> I remember when when uh, they went up for pre-order. I think I specifically asked the angel, like, hey, can you pre-order me a Link? I don't want him to be sold out, not knowing that he was going to be the oh. one that you find everywhere. You, you, you poor innocent shot no but <laughs> yeah I, I know i did the same thing with mario and kirby i kirby's one of the very few I actually took out of the package uh the um, ones that i took out the package um, i think were like i said mario link uh mega man i think mega man's amiibo looks awesome and uh it does yeah it, and then uh like two yoshis because i was trying to custom paint them two. yeah oh and uh oh that would have been cool if you'd like the whole yoshi story like set yeah but uh i have no skill so that didn't turn out great I feel that. I feel that. I can't do any sort of hands-on craft like that. Yeah. But you know, one of our winners of these 15-plus Amiibo, all in box, not the ones you opened, I assume, um, we might have that skill. I might do something cool with it. Yeah. So if you want to be that person, listener, uh, you have till June 26th to go to Ram Nintendo's Twitter, at Ram Nintendo. Wait, they're all in box? They're all in box. Uh, they're, and the, Diddy, they? the Diddy Kong is – like the box is in, in great condition, so – to be fair, we never said quality of box. We just True. said there is a box. They're, 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 they're all, they're all <laughs> in pretty good condition uh, with the exception yeah. of Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong, I have no idea what happened. Yeah, considering they're free. Yeah, they're free. Yeah. You can't this complain. Is gonna, this is not going to cost you a penny. I will pay for the shipping and everything. I don't and, care and think of it this way. You, I don't care if you're in Timbuktu and it's going to cost me $50. <laughs> you, will, they, you, you are getting me some Evo. <laughs> I need them and, and out of you, my life. And, like, if you – all it costs you, really. It's just like when you go to E3, actually, or any convention. You know, you go up to someone, like, do you want this free thing? You're like, I do. And they're like, great. Just do a thing on Twitter. So that's all we need you to do is a thing on Twitter. So just, like, go to our Twitter and then hit retweet on the tweet with the picture of the Amiibo and then follow us if you don't already. And there's benefits for you doing it, too, because then you know when our next Quarantine Chronicle is next weekend. Then you know when our next episode is of Random Podcast Proper, July 6th. And I guess for the random for the regular random show, we're on a uh, holiday streak here because it's Father's Day that this one's going up, and it's July Fourth weekend that the next one's going up. And in many ways, the content's going to be similar too because we have the next Pokemon presents to talk about next episode. We have the new Arms Fighter and Smash Bros. To talk about that presentation is happening tomorrow. When you listen, meaning most people listening to this already know, uh, but we talked about all that. Um, there's new live streams from Summer Game Fest. There's going to be a lot of news. It's going to be like, I don't think it's going to be quite as perfectly E3 as this one was, but it's going to be very close. Um, so you can make sure you don't miss it on Twitter. You can follow us on various, uh, or subscribe to us on various platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we're, U- we're on YouTube at RamNintendo.com. We are on Pandora. And I think that's it for the housekeeping. So what, what a great E3 this was, wasn't it? <laughs> and, um... I guess, Kevin, uh, final word? I've been awake for 24 hours. <laughs>